Hey guys, brand new podcast, and it's not Kevin Brennan. I know everyone's hounding me to release Kevin Brennan. Listen, here's the deal. When you do an episode with Kevin Brennan, you just want to make sure all your bases are cleared before you release it, okay? It's a great fucking podcast, but it's a flamethrower, and uh, and <laughs> I'm a businessman and then a podcaster, so I am releasing it, okay? I know I'm getting everyone's losing their fucking minds. It's a great episode. It's a great episode, but just trust me. This one's you're gonna love this podcast. I've been talking about this podcast. <laughs> Kevin Brennan keeps tweeting. Where the fuck is this episode? I'm like, <laughs> it's coming. This episode is with uh, uh, a guy I've been talking about nonstop, Dan Dan Cummins. He's got a, a, a podcast, Time Suck. We're gonna talk about that uh, on the podcast. It's an interesting podcast because it, the card ran out halfway in, and we had to stop. We went. We had to go buy. You'll hear all this. But we had to go buy equipment. We then went to a park where homeless people were. Two cops recognized me. That I think was cut out of this episode. The card got full. We had to go get another car. We went to my hotel room and we kept talking. And it was just a fucking great. Then we went to lunch and we had a fucking blast. Um, you're gonna love this podcast. You're going to love this podcast. It's fun as fuck. Who is it? Dan Cummins. Oh, that's right. He's a comedian. You know, and I'll I'll say this. You're gonna hear this in the podcast. He had kids around the same time I had kids. This is I should maybe definitely include this. He had kids around the same time I had kids. And so in a weird way, I found a kinship to him. Because I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not famous. We had kids. We're working comics. We're doing the road. We got this, man. We're good dads. We're good, we're good husbands. Mm-hmm. And then him and his wife got a divorce. In a weird way, I felt burnt by him. Not like burnt by him. I say this on the thing, but I was like, I was like, wow, fuck. Like, the road got to him. Like, the road broke him. Like, fuck. And then in a weird way, I saw that as my fear of me, of what I might end up as. It's like, it's like. then he moved to L.A. And then I, I saw him. He was all yoked and ripped. And he was hosting Playboy Radio. And it kind of bummed me out. I was like, where's the dad in him that I... I always had this narrative that I fulfilled for him without knowing anything, without asking any questions. Mm-hmm. And he answers all those questions. And, man, my narrative from him could not have been more wrong all right that's cool couldn't have been more inaccurate and in a weird way and i think i say this to him but i like apologize because i'm like dude i had it all fucking wrong he was a great dad the whole time he was a great guy the whole time Mm -hmm. he was not a fuck not even remotely in any stretch of your imaginations could you pit him as doing anything other than trying to make it all work Hmm. and it and it Man, it just didn't work. It just didn't work, and it didn't. And I'm not gonna. I'll let Dan tell the rest of the story. But I've been a fan of his podcast. I've been talking about his podcast for a month now, probably. It's a fantastic podcast. We talk about the top five episodes you should listen to, and you should definitely check them out. He'll list them off. I think one's um, about Scientology. That's one of his top ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's one about shadow people that you'll hear us talk about, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's a phenomenal podcast. And he's killing it on the road because of his podcast. He did it his own way. We'll have this whole conversation. You're, you're going to love it. It is, it's really one of those times, like my buddy Dan Adler, uh, who's produced Birth to Conqueror, is one of my, had just called me, had just called me about something, a project maybe to work on, like that day. And, uh, and so I had Dan in my head. And as I did this podcast, I thought, this is the one Dan will text me about. These are like, he texted me, he texted me this today. Shout out to Dan Adler. He texted me this today. 
This Moshe cast is awesome. The flow between hilarious and poignant and intimate, there seems to be no awareness that thousands of people are listening to you. And I texted back hundreds of thousands. Not to brag. I didn't text that back, but I'm going to do it now. Not to brag. Hundreds of thousands, comma, but thanks. Um, Anyway, uh, just kidding, but not really. Just kidding, but just kidding. And then a next text, but not really, but not really. Um, so yeah, it's a great podcast. You're going to love it, especially if you're a podcast fan. We talk about his podcast, talk about his life. It's really a fucking great interview. It really is. I wish I could do more like this. I feel like the I feel like the onus is on me. Eliana and I had a conversation about this at lunch today about me doing a little more research. We do one with Keith and the Girl, which is a great podcast, but I just started binge listening to their podcast, and I wish I'd had one more week to listen to their podcast, one more week to get to know them through their podcast before I did the podcast, but it's a phenomenal podcast, and then we turned around and we did their podcast. Right after it, they interviewed me. It was really fun. I love doing them like that. If there's anyone out there that wants to do one of those swap cast versions, let's just call it a flip-flop cast, uh, hit me up. I'm game. Leanne, you want to do a flip-flop cast? Uh, we should yeah. do a podcast naked one time. No. Hard pass. Hard pass. Why? We'll do it in the dark. Because Halston's in the room. We'll blindfold Halston. Oh, geez. Now we're just getting too kinky. Too kinky. Sorry. This weekend, I'm at Zany's uh, Comedy Club in Nashville. Saturday is sold out. I think Thursday is almost sold out. Friday, there are some tickets left for the 3rd, 4th, and 5th of May. The 6th, I'm in Stand Up Live in Huntsville, Alabama. That is an amazing club. It's a big club, and I've added a second show. So there's two shows on Sunday. That's the 6th of May. The next weekend, Tempe Improv. We added that last minute, and uh, there are tickets available for all shows. The 10th, 11th, and 12th, Tempe. The next day is Mother's Day. I will be flying home early to spend Mother's Day with my wife. <laughs> and to see your daughter and in a play. see my daughter in a play? Oh, yeah. that's what, she's got a suntan her arms by then. Yeah, she's out of luck, bud. We'll just get her sunburned so they bubble. She just go with Cotty and get a spray on tan. Oh, she should get a spray tan. Yeah, there you go. Liberty Township in Cincinnati. All those shows are going to sell out. If I looked at the numbers, they're very close right now. So if you're in Liberty Township and you want to get your tickets, get them now. Uh, I, 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 I love that place. Oh, you, do you know your mother's here for Mother's Day too? Oh, I know that. Oh, surprise. Surprise. We're hosting a Mother's Day brunch at our house. Oh, shit. I'm not in town then. Fuck. On Mother's me. Day? No, hold on. Oh my God, my flight leaves at 3.50 in the morning. Um, That's so you can get here for Isla, because Isla's plays at 2. Liberty Township, the 18th, 19th, and 20th. And then we've got some, uh, I guess I can't announce that show yet, but we've got some other shows coming up. Stardom in Birmingham on the 14th, 15th, and 16th of June. Chicago. We are at the Chicago Theater. Me, Nate Bargazzi, Sal Volcano, and Kyle Kinane. We have also added Buffalo to either Thursday or Friday. And I didn't say this out loud because it hasn't been released yet. But there's another show coming out. I hope to see you there, Kid Rock. DVE Comedy Fest on the 29th of June. That show is sold out. Wow, well, now I'm just bragging. Cleveland and Hilarities. Rovers Morning Glory. That has not been announced yet. Oops. All right. 
Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Apron. I was just sitting with Keith and the girl. I was just sitting with Keith in uh, the kitchen and he saw our Blue Apron getting ready to cook. We have the the uh, recipes fanned out. The girls come in. They pick the recipe. We make them. We made pizza last Friday night. And I got to be honest with you, I might pass on this Blue Apron and eat the leftover pizza. The leftover pizza was so much pizza. It was so good too. And it was so phenomenal. It was a chicken pizza and it was amazing. Yeah, it was. Um, and that's still in our fridge. We got steak coming up. Uh, yeah, steak with polenta and, uh, this week. And uh, I thought those were tortillas in the no, picture. No, they're polentas. Well, no, you, there's tacos. Okay, that's what I'm looking that's at. There's a chicken taco and a steak with polenta. Um, Blue Apron, if you don't know, is a leading meal delivery kit in the U.S. Um, they send to you fresh, ready-to-make uh, recipes, all the food, and it comes to your door. It's cheap, meaning, not cheap, it's inexpensive. Meaning, Priscilla, baby. It's affordable. It's affordable. That's the word I'm looking for. It's not cheap. It's, it's not fucking cheap. high end it's shit. It's really great. Yeah. The, it's like grass fed meats or a lot of organic food. Yeah. Locally sourced. Their mission is to make incredibly home cooked meals accessible to everyone. And they do this by supporting a more sustainable food system and setting the highest standards for ingredients and building a community of, chef, of home chefs. Chefs make these meals. They, they then write out the recipes. They then send you the recipes with all the ingredients. There's no leftovers. You have your four meals. You can pick from two meal plans and then they have a wine, uh, a wine plan. The two-person meal plan serves two people choosing from eight new recipes per week with the choice of delivering or receiving two to three recipes any week in the family meal plan, which we have, which serves four, choosing from four new recipes from each week, choosing either two, three, or four new recipes any week. And the wine meal plan, which I wish I could have tonight. I want to kind of get a buzz and then go over to Tripoli's show. Do you? You know I can't because I'm OCD, uh, which you'll hear about on Keith and the Girl. I talked about my OCD Who's down lot. with OCD? The six bottle of wine from around renowned winemakers delivered monthly. These are all the things I need to read. What I what I'll tell you from the heart is that what I'll tell you from the heart while my wife parents our dog is that this the, the Blue Apron has brought our family much closer. I told this to Keith in the kitchen. Before Blue Apron, we never did big family meals and that's not who Leanne and I are. But with a family, you just get moving fast. What do you guys want? Pizza? Fine, fuck it. Let's just all sit down and we'll watch Forever After, whatever the girls want to watch. Leanne will pick out a movie. Fine, fuck it. Now we've gotten to a place where last night we made steaks from Blue Apron. We sat down. The girls did not, was, were not they were always picky eaters. And now they're going, is this Blue Apron? And we had fucking dinner because of Blue Apron. Keith's like, I love them. And I was like, dude, our logline is Blue Apron, a way not to raise whores. That is our, the, our I don't family. know if that's our log line. That may my be log yours. It's not mine. For six weeks from April 16th to May 21st, Blue Apron is teaming up with Airbnb to bring you the best home cooking from around the world. Each week, our menu will feature a recipe developed in collaboration with an Airbnb experienced host like Cece, a chef from Shanghai who makes incredible Kung Pao chicken, a beloved sticky, saucy mix of brown chicken and vegetables. Her name is pronounced Cece. See. It's convenient. There's great variety. Every meal can be cooked in under, under 45 minutes, and it is developed by an in-house culinary team. It is flexible. You get 12 new recipes a week, picking two, three, or four recipes based on whatever fits you. It's high quality, non-GMO ingredients only, meats with no added hormones. Um, 
I'm told to be relatable and real. I'm told to talk about how delicious this is. And I'm told to be lighthearted. I think I called. I hit every single one of those fucking out of the park. Home run. Lighthearted? I might be too lighthearted about this. Blue Apron has changed the way we live our lives. I'm not fucking around about this. These weeks, this week's coming up. Chicken tinga tostas. Tostados, Tostados? <laughs> with avocado and refried beans. These look fucking phenomenal. Is Roast- that what we have this week? Is that is that it right there? I think so. Let's have that tonight. Roasted pork. My mouth just watered. Did you hear that? My no, I did not watered. hear your mouth water. No. Roasted pork <laughs> with salsa verde and sauteed vegetables. Florence. <laughs> that that comes from Florence. Well, that one comes. The earlier one comes from Mexico City. This is oh, because they paired with Airbnb. Yeah. Beef empanadas. That's From how I used to say. When I, was, when I was a kid, I used to go empanadas, and all the Cuban Cuban would go empanadas, and I go empanadas. <laughs> Such a dope. Now that's called racism. Beef empanadas, beef empanadas with roasted sweet potatoes and creamy zucchini. If I could just Ooh, that go good. back to Forest Hills baseball and show these ladies that I'm making empanadas in my house. Oh, empanadas. This one looks fucking next level. Dude, sign up for Blue Apron just because of this one. Slow roll it. Swallow all the slime in your mouth. Beef and rice bowl with a soft-boiled egg and roasted broccolini. <sighs> the egg's cracked over the beef. The beef's cut into six pieces. It's flayed out on top of the rice. And you see the broccoli on the side. You're the getting fork. creepy I'm now. Fucking, you're creepy. That's Tokyo. kind of creepy. Mm, God, you're naked and you're eating it. Oh, shut up. Now you're really creepy. All of a sudden, the egg Move on. You're making on this read chest. too long. Come on. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals at blueapron.com slash BurtCast. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free at blueapron.com slash BurtCast. Blue Apron. A better way to cook. Oh, look at us teaming up like a fucking home runner hitters. I also want to give a shout out to my buddy Ned. We brought up Ned on the last podcast. He's in my head. I just uh, talked about him on Keith of the Girl. Ned has an has an a, an app called laughable laughable is fucking phenomenal what it does is you can find all the podcasts i've been in for instance the one on keith and the girl you can find dan cummins is on this on laughable then you can find his podcast time suck through laughable and it and you can find all the ones that we just talk about on this podcast it's super user friendly um start with number three laughable would appreciate your bread. What? Go read what's in blue. On the bottom, on the bottom of that page, there's one no. thing in blue that's important. Ned sent me some talking points. I'm really bad at, at this. At reading. At reading. Really bad at reading. Laughable is the best rated podcast app in the world. It's so fucking easy. You can just go in there, get your movie, get your podcast, and you don't have to worry. Like sometimes I'll go on fucking Apple back in the day and I'd hit it and it just it would be like, oh, temporarily unavailable. It doesn't happen on Laughable. Look, that's from a user to another user. It's a great way to find new comedians and podcasts to love. You can find Leanne's podcast, Wife of the Party, on it. Uh, you can yeah. find Keith of the Girl. You can find, uh, uh, like I said, Time Suck. Search for Laughable in the App Store and just Google Laughable if you're having a hard time. But you can go to the App Store, type in Laughable. Android user, go to laughable.com slash Android to sign up and be notified when the app is ready for you. Dear Ned, I love you with all my heart. You're a f- fucking fantastic dude. And I like what you're doing for my art form. Um, that was well said. Yeah. All right. That's it. Kevin Brendan's definitely next week, everybody. 100%? So 
I don't know. Depends if anyone gets hired or fired from different companies. If I run into anyone and has a problem with it, he's definitely next week. I, I promise you all my heart, Kevin Brennan's next week. Okay. Kevin Brennan is next week. Unless Keith and the girl call up and they're like, hey man, can you release ours early? Kevin Brennan. So is don't make def- promises I'm you joking. can't keep. Kevin Brennan is next week. I promise you. But this week, and not to not to backhanded compliment how great this podcast is, you are going to fucking love it. This I know when I do good podcasts. I know it. I know it. And this one's a great podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, stand-up comedian from his own podcast, Time Suck, Put your hands together for Dan Cummins. This is the Hello. I haven't done a podcast test, like test, this. Test. Yeah, it's perfect. Cool. I haven't done a podcast like this in so long. We're in the car. This has been a fucking adventure. I am with Dan Cummins. Uh, he showed up to the hotel. Um, I just realized you're going to have to drive with the mic in your hand. Can you do that? I can do that. Yeah. Um, he showed I, up to I, the hotel. I was still sleeping. And he was like, hey, I'm downstairs. Let's do, uh, we were supposed to podcast today. And oh, look at this. Look at this kid. He just got his first guitar. Oh, look at that. He's got, got a Martin. case and everything. And so he's like, I'm downstairs. We're going to podcast. And my recorder is at the club. And so I went. We got in the car. We drove to the Guitar Center. I bought a new recorder, and uh, and we're podcasting. I used to do all my podcasts like this, just, just on mics. And in the car? No. No, but that was the fun of it is like I missed that a little bit. Yeah. I, is uh, is the adventure of a podcast. Ari right? still does his like this. He'll he, do them on like hikes and stuff, right? Like. Yeah, yeah. He, and by the way, his audio sounds great. He was the one that really helped me to learn how to podcast. Yeah, I literally him and Segura. I would text and be like, "Ari's like, you got to use reg- uh, Levelator." I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> but uh, so we drove out to Guitar Center, eight miles from my hotel. We grabbed a Zoom recorder. By the way, the conversation we had here would have been f- podcast uh, fucking gold. Oh man, it's because well, shot, it's shot our wad. It would have been podcast gold in two thousand. <laughs> Nine, because that's <laughs> that's what the way you would have talked about things back then. <laughs> Doing podcasts in 2009, you would tell everything. You had, there were no secrets, and that's what made podcasts fascinating. It's like I would just go on and just talk shit, ruin so many relationships. <laughs> Yeah, as if no one would ever listen to as it. As if no, and my wife's doing a podcast now, and she is doing it like that, where she's like talking shit about her mom, and I'm like, uh, am I, I'm, uh, and she's like, oh, she can't find this, and part of me is like, oh, honey, they yeah, find it, yeah, they fucking yeah. find it. Someone says, did you hear about the podcast where da 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 da, and you're like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I, I learned I learned that lesson early on where. The very first Comedy Central thing I did, I didn't change the name of this character. I made fun of my Aunt Ruth. Oh. And I, and I meant to change the name, but then I didn't, and I forgot that I didn't. And the next family get-together, like, her grandkids, my cousins were like, man, so you don't uh, don't like Grandma, huh? And oh, like, and, and they, But they were kind of, like, pissed about it. And, I, and then I had to, like, lay it off. Like, oh, no, no, I was just joking around. It was just, like, a random name. But I was clearly making fun of her, and it, like, it, things were never quite the same. And you don't remember that you've said it the way you've said it. Right. So, like, I wrote a book, and I didn't change anyone's name. Uh, and uh, this girl, I mean, I'll say her name, Jenny Powers, uh, hit me up. By the way, I loved Jenny Powers. Jenny Powers is one of my favorite people. I've never had a bot- problem with Jenny Powers in my fucking life. Yeah. But my perspective of her, maybe when I was in ninth grade, 
was not super flattering. <laughs> right, and right. It was, and it was, it was inaccurate. Like, now that I'm a grown-up, I see things very differently. But you were just being honest about your perspective I was as a being kid. honest yeah. with my perspective of trying to lose my virginity. Right, right. And, and at the time, and I, I don't think, you know, at the time, I don't think she can deny this, but at the time... The rumor was, I won't say that what was in fact true, but sure. the rumor was that she had had sex with someone. Okay. And so as a ninth grade boy who wants to lose his virginity, you're like, you're like, that's it. I'm yeah. going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to date her. By the way, she's beautiful. She's one of the hottest girls in the fucking, in, that we knew. Yeah. But that was like, yeah. And she called, she texted me on Facebook. She was oh, like, no. I heard I got a shout out in your book. And I, immediately my heart dropped. And I was like... Oh fuck! I'm certain that what I said about her wasn't like all the great shit that isn't printable worthy. Right? You know, right. it's just I'm sure I'm certain I wasn't like, hey, she married a guy from the Cubs. Um, she has a great family. She's really seems like she's bouncing back from her divorce. Like, right. All the right. great shit that you'd say about Jenny Powers, I did not share. Or yeah. I shared the one little excerpt, and I panicked and I felt horrible. And then she was like, Oh my god, I guess you called me a fucking slut or something oh and i was like i was like that's not what i meant i really oh. felt horrible about it and then my buddy came in shout out to came who's been in and out of rehab the past 10 years right was like uh i told him about it and he was like oh fuck off like once you go to rehab five times you're you like yeah everyone can go fuck themselves <laughs> he's like oh come on we all fuck up and he's like, if she doesn't remember this, that is how it was, and then she's out of her fucking mind. Right. But, but by the way, this is, um, I should probably stop right now. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, like I definitely screwed up that big time. Was she, was she pissed then? Like, I don't know if she was pissed. I think she was pretty much like, you know, like, it's, yeah, things were different back then. Right. She was cool about it. She right, was actually pretty right, cool right. about it. But then I went through my book and, like, I was like, I didn't realize. Who else is going to contact me? Who oh, else? Dude, every, I wrote, every kept everyone's name the same. It was a big fucking mistake. You could read my book and go through Facebook and be like, oh, my God, that's what that person looks like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the ride here, we were talking about. <laughs> oh, left. Oh. oh, wait. No, I, I, you know what? I got us. Oh, I, you got I, got, us? I got my okay. own uh, oh, routing. Good. I think we're good, oh, man. My, is my phone still on? Yeah, I think your phone Your phone is trying to route us back to Guitar Center. Oh, cool. Um, on the car right here, we're talking. Uh, Dan is in... Uh, not in Ogden. You're in the other one, right? Uh, yeah, I'm at the uh, new one, Jordan Valley, which I, I think is just a suburb. It's like a shopping area. Yeah. I don't really know, actually. New club. Sold out. Four shows? Uh, three out of four. Last night, uh, still not quite. But man, for me, three out of four is all tickets. This is this is uh, it's building. All tickets. By the way, all you comics out there that post sold out shows, I, I want to know your fucking numbers. I want to know how much the room seats. <laughs> right. I want to know if they papered anything. Did you right. have to come in early to do radio? These are all the fucking facts I want right, to know. Right. Because we were literally going through the gossipy comedy shit. That is what comics do <laughs> and we were talking about numbers we were talking about ticket prices yeah we were talking about percentages door deals we we're talking about guarantees versus bonuses all this shit you could never share in a podcast but would make every comic immediately subscribe and be like oh my god this is the greatest podcast i've ever fucking heard <laughs> right but you're killing it right now it's 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 been crazy man the last six months and it just keeps like building where it's like uh you know, and again, speaking of like comics, knowing you know, you work you work a lot of like papered rooms for a long time, or I did, where it's like you explain know, papered rooms to the person listening. Yeah, like it's uh, they'll give away tickets at comedy clubs for their you know loyal people or whatever, or they'll just telemarket whatever, and they'll be like, hey man, we got a great deal, come in, you know, you get two drinks, but uh, you get a free ticket. 
And those are always the worst audiences because they're not invested in the show. Yeah. They, they don't really care. And uh, especially like Wednesday, Thursday nights, a lot of times are those. And I've done those for years. And then all of a sudden to shift from that to special events. Special are, event is the first thing I ever noticed. Yeah. I remember, I remember doing the DC Improv, and I was like, I was like, uh, I was, I was like a, a week out, and I was like, uh, doing pretty good at ticket sales. Like, and I looked right. on the white website, and there, and there was, the late Saturday was sold out. That's the one that always sells out first. Yeah. And once, and here's the a little inside gossip to the listener inside baseball. The way ticket sales go is your late Saturday sells out first. Once you've sold out one show, they all seem to kind of trend to sell out. Yeah. But you got to sell out that late Saturday. If you don't sell out that late Saturday, you won't sell out the weekend. Because that once one sold out, yeah. it drives all those people that would have gone yeah. to that fun show, the one they want to go. By the way, I'd argue the late Saturday is not my best show. My early Saturday is always my best show. Right, right. But I remember my late Saturday was sold out, and I was like scrolled down to see like how other people were doing my friends yeah and uh and i saw bill burr's name and it said special event i was like wait what the fuck i'm not a special event right wait what's special event mean i didn't know what it was and i was like special event like that's bullshit i want them to put special event on mine <laughs> right that right it was just something that made like it was like a better ticket sale like right. they'd be like people read that and go oh we must be extra funny yeah right right and bill was like two months away or like on the calendar and i looked at his Thing, and all shows were sold out wow. and they had added a Thursday and a fucking Sunday and I was like that's what special event means yeah so you were saying special event yeah you, we're just like everybody has to buy a ticket you know it's basically what I mean you know it's like no one gets it for free on those no one gets a deal and for me to like uh, it just started lately where it's like you know the, the weekends I'm not selling out every show but but they're all uh, you know people have to pay for all the tickets and I am selling out shows now and it's just uh, to have a room full of people who all paid to be there and who all and I'm not doing like local radio it's just my fans it's from your podcast it's from the podcast everyone it, listening knows I've been crazy. talking about your podcast non-fucking stop it's called time suck we'll get there in a second <laughs> thank you so much but let's yeah. get to let's get to the path there because yeah. the first time I heard about you you had long hair <laughs> yeah and and I, I want to say <laughs> I want to say it was Andy um, Smith, oh maybe, yeah, that told me about you. Mm -hmm. Andy, there were two, Andy. two, there two people that in this business that introduced me to the people that weren't out of LA, and that's Tommy Jonigan and Andy Smith. Oh yeah, yep, yep. Tommy Could've, would mm -hmm. was the first one that like really broke down how many beasts were out on the road, right. just killing it. And then Andy was the one who was like. She's a comics comic. Yep, yep, for sure. By the yeah, way, I love Andy. And, and I'll love Andy till the day I die. And yep. she's had beefs with everybody. Oh, I watched one go down. It was it, it was pretty, pretty epic. Wait, yeah. Which one did you watch? It was Because I watched one. So I'll tell you mine. Okay, you tell okay. me yours. Her and, I, uh, her and I did Last Comic Standing together in the, the semis. Oh, this is the... Oh, my God. This is the epic one. Right. This is... And, and I feel bad... Uh, uh, We've gotten along since this guy, and now I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Adam, 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 Adam Hunter. Hunter. Yes, I saw this firsthand. And by the way, it should, I should point out that when we rejoice in beefs, or when we rejoice right. in shit talk, or like uh, Kevin Brennan did an episode with me that I, I, I might have released already, or I haven't released. I don't know which one I have done. And he talks shit about everyone, <laughs> and he, t he really trashes his brother. And I giggle along, and I... The thing is, I don't dislike Neil and I don't dislike Adam Hunter, but as comics, one of the one of our favorite things to yeah. do is just kind of talk shit. Sure, it's not like we don't hate these people, but we love 
we really do rejoice in the people like Andy Smith and Kevin Brennan, right? Who who really don't give a fuck right. and just take band aids off, like Patrice O'Neill. They burn bridges before they've crossed them. <laughs> And so, so this one, I've heard remnants of this one. I love that you said Kevin. I, I don't even know Kevin. Oh, my God. But the only reason I, I bring that is because uh, someone was like, oh, I, I did some Artie and Anthony out in New York a while back. And I guess he was on the next day and just, like, buried me. Like, I don't oh. even know. I have no idea Dude, what he but, said. But, but they were like, man, he Kevin. doesn't dislike you. It's <laughs> right. just what he does these days. <laughs> right, right. And, like, and like, there's, like, like, there's people, I won't say their names, that called me up and they're like, why would you do a podcast with him? Like, he's just real negative. Like, you're not a negative guy. Why would you do that? It's entertaining, though. And part of me is like, it just, I don't give a fuck. Like, he's trashed me hard as fuck where he's like, no one's going to call him a liar about this goddamn machine story. He's like, I can poke so many fucking holes through this goddamn story. <laughs> part of me is like, yeah, I've been waiting for someone to say that. Right. Thank God it's Kevin, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then part of me wanted to show him all the pictures of the trip. But anyway. <laughs> but like, Andy, I love that she's like that where... Um, she's just so honest and, and, and when somebody like that then says they like you it does carry extra weight where you're like oh cool the person who fucking will rip anything yeah. just was nice something to me it, it's like this extra value but her and I did that I don't, I don't even remember what year it was but it was Vegas with semis and it was you know I'm gonna uh, guess 2007 that sounds about right yeah. somewhere yeah somewhere and um so after, you know, they announce who's, who moves on and who doesn't to the finals, then there's like everybody was in Vegas, everybody goes to the bar and just having some drinks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we all kind of knew how it was. Like I, I was starting to figure out that it was like, uh, you know, they're pushing for casting in addition to comedy. I have two stories on this one, actually. One is what I said. I'm usually not this much of a dick, but Esther Koo was uh, on that as well, and she was really irritating me. And, <laughs> and I swear this happened. It's backstage. It's uh, and I'm usually I would never say this to almost anyone else. I know it's cocky. It's not how I act normally, but I, I just did it because she was annoying me so much. We're backstage and uh, and I thought she would go on because she's cute and she fit the casting purposes. Yeah, and uh, I forgot she did last coming. Mm-hmm. I remember watching her and being like, "Oh my god!" Oh, dude. and I'm friends with Esther. I love Esther. Well, this is she's uh, a fucking flamethrower. She just lit. She just torched Asian men. Oh wow! And got and got attacked by the Asian community. That's hilarious. Yeah, keep going. Well, so we're back there, and uh, they're about to announce. We're backstage. They're about to announce in front of the audience who moved on and who didn't. And she turned, and we're sitting next to each other, and she turns to me, and she goes, should I cry? And I I was like, what? She just asked me, she's like, should I cry? I'm like, what are you talking about? And she goes, if I move on, should I cry? And I was like, what do you you mean? Like, why why do you? And she goes, I just think it would be really endearing to the audience if I got, like, really emotional. I was so happy to move on that that would be, like, you know, something people would like. And she's and she goes, you don't think about stuff like that, and uh, and I go no, and then I go, I'm I'm actually fucking funny, and and, and it just like deflated her, like oh. I, I'm like I don't I don't need to, but I was just like I just hated that angle of, don't think why are you thinking about that shit? Do your fucking jokes, be yourself, yeah, and wherever the chips fall, they fall. But it just it was so contrived, and because, that was and that yeah. was years ago. I'm sure she's she could be very different now, she's but that great. was just by the way, yeah. You want to know a podcast you should listen to? She does she have her, a great one? Her podcast. Uh, Coon, Coon the gang, I think it is. Right. At the end, she does her uh, tour dates. She tells her road dates. Yeah. And she masturbates during it. Are you serious? And it might like- be the greatest fucking. I'm telling you when I say riveting, right, right, riveting tour date uh, display. She legit masturbates. Yeah, and she she can have an orgasm really quick. It is 
so worth listening to. Oh my god! And she she can make her finger move at a fucking high pace. I yeah. first heard her masturbate on Jim and Opie or Opie and Anthony. Just out in front of them? No, she went into a different room. Ah! And did it into the mic. It was fucking riveting. She's very attractive. She's gorgeous and yeah. she's funny. She's very funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was this was when she. Yeah, look, her- we all all of us. I my my moment like that was with Ant. Do you remember Ant? Oh yeah. Ant was like playing the game. He was playing the game, and that's yep. the wise thing to do in Last Comic right. Standing is play the game. Right. And I didn't do it. I was a fucking idiot. I was. I did it a little bit, and then it backfired, and I fucking regretted it. But yeah, it's those those moments and, and are I, really tough. Yeah, yeah. And and I, and I didn't either. And I and, and in hindsight, I probably should have too. Like I ended up working in reality TV later, which I was like, oh, I was an idiot. Like I just refused to take the producers' leads to talk about my kids and that kind of stuff. I didn't yep. want. To, but looking back, it was a, a dumb move. But. So Andy, though, you know, she's like a, a purist. She is comics, comics. She doesn't fuck around with that stuff. Well, um, she just didn't like Adam Hunter, and uh, and he moved on. And in the bar, he was like really excited about it. And she just like went up to him, just in front of everybody, and just goes, uh, "How does it feel moving on to the finals using other people's material? You fucking hack!" Like to his face. Jesus Christ. To his face, and it, he he reacted like he had been physically slapped. Like he just he was. Then it took him a while to like. Rec- and he's like, "Fuck you!" And and she was like, "Yeah." And then and then it just went from there of basically her just refusing. Well, she started flamethrowing the room, if I remember correctly. Right. Here, right. Right. Just lit on. Uh, Amy Schumer. No, Amy, Amy wasn't there for that one, but you mean just talking about her? No, she just, yeah, her and Amy oh. Schumer have a legit beef. Oh, uh, th- yeah, that was, uh, that night, Amy Amy wasn't there. It was just uh, directed all at Adam, but oh, there was another one where her and Amy, did they have a face-to-face? Uh, I forget. Because I think Andy might have been in two semifinals. Yeah, I think she was, and I think mm-hmm. Amy Schumer and Nikki Glaser in one, were in one. Oh, uh, I wasn't in that, I was in the other she, round. Was like you're only getting moving forward because you're bimbos. Your material <laughs> sucks. Your oh material's god. horrible. Oh my god! And you're doing a rip off of Sarah Silverman. You're doing character-driven comedy. <sighs> you got you show your tits. You fucking you're not real comics. And and I'm I won't speak for Nikki right. and Amy, but I will say that I know them both. I'm yeah. friends with Nikki. Yeah. Um, I haven't talked to Amy in probably. Ten years is that? A, what wow! Is that? Yeah, they got some ga- gathering out in the park. It's a homeless thing, and so, um, but, but, uh, I wonder if we should. I don't want to go to my room. We should go to like a, a sit outside and do this. Okay, yeah, we're like a third of a mile. We can just like uh, I'll find a parking spot right here. There's yeah. one. Yeah, and done. Sit in the park, and so, um, and so. What was I saying? I'm not. Oh, you're like, friends with Nikki, yeah. Yeah, I'm friends with Nikki. I haven't really talked to Amy. Amy and I used to be really good friends. And then uh, I don't know. Well, it's a long story, but <laughs> but uh, but she um, she it wasn't an inaccurate assessment of both of their acts at the time. Correct. Because like, yes, I mean, and I love Nikki. I, I love Nikki. I really enjoy Nikki, and I think Nikki's a yeah. very sweet person. And I and she and was. I, she. Was, I mean, we're all influenced. She was yeah, heavily influenced by yeah, Silverman. Both Girl of them yeah. were yeah. very influenced by Sarah yeah. Silverman, and they were doing a character. I've heard Amy since come out and say, um, it, it really actually kind of bothered me, but she was like. That was uh, that was just a bit I was doing about this dumb white privileged girl. I'm not that girl in real life. I'm really like it's almost like a cover up of like yeah. And I and I was like yeah, but then then call Andy Smith and go. You're really right. 
right, a little right, bit. Like be, be right. like, yeah, you you nailed it, man. I really was a rip off of exactly yeah. what you fucking said. Yeah, yeah. Because that was Andy's <sighs> assessment, and and but and when that happened, I'm, I'm friends. I was friends with both everyone, and I was like on Andy's team. I was on Nikki and right and Amy's team, and I was like. I was like, everyone's right here. Andy's wrong for doing that in public or doing that the way she did, you know? Yeah. But Andy was wrong in doing that. You shouldn't do that to people. Let's let's walk out. It is fucking gorgeous today. I know. It's a beautiful day. Here. Uh, me, I'll give you my mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I should probably unbutton myself. I gotta do more podcasts like this. <laughs> do you need to grab your soda or anything? No, I got it. Um, oh, watch that! Don't don't trip. I Ari does podcasts like this all the time, and I never do it like this. I stopped. I do it in my man cave. It's a little more organized, right? But man, this is fucking mouth. But cut to everyone's like, dude, the audio is fucking horrible. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I can barely hear shit. <laughs> I love that guy's podcast. You need to fucking have him in the man cave. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, my favorite one of Andy. And by the way, we're not going to spend the whole podcast talking about Andy. I, I, Andy I, haven't, I haven't talked about it forever, but I love it because uh, I, I'm a, I was always a huge fan of her comedy. I'll, I'll always comic. rooting for her. She's a great comic. She's original. Yep. Like when you watch her, you're like, you're like, oh, this is a person doing their voice for at sure. A young age where yep. you're like, that's not super, like. That's not not everyone does that. Did you like right. the car? I I think so. I'm just saying Maybe that because I, I just bought a bunch of electronics and there is a homeless, oh, homeless yes. shelter right there. Good call. I don't. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. So um. But uh, my favorite one was Jim Jeffries. You ever hear a beef with Jim Jeffries? No. And by the way, I love Jim Jeffries. I love Jim Jeffries. I'm not right. shitting on Jim at all. This is my favorite one because I was a part of it. She <laughs> um. She calls me up. I'm in Vegas, and she goes. Do you have a second to talk? And I go, yeah. She goes, do you know Jim Jeffries? I go, I do. <laughs> and she goes, oh, he's such an asshole. I go, he's not a bad guy. He's a really nice guy. She goes, oh, really? I said, yeah. <laughs> she goes, I'm, I think I'm in trouble. I said, what? She goes, uh, I was doing, um, I'm doing a show at the, whatchamacallit, and uh, at the Punchline in Atlanta, and I'm supposed to be headlining. It's my first headlining weekend. It's like I'm headlining. Finally, I'm headlining. Right. And I get on stage, and 10 minutes in, they start hitting me with the fucking light. Like, I got to get off stage. So oh I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. So she goes, I get off stage. No. The host is, like, whispering to me. I get off stage, and Jim Jeffries in the back. Turns out that he, where should we go? Is there seats here? Or I know. That's, what, that's what I'm scanning for, too. I'm looking for a really bench. I think this is a homeless park. I think we um, really the fucking degenerate park. <laughs> yeah, let's just go under that tree. I, yeah, there we go. And so, <laughs> I can't believe we're gonna go put it under the tree. Oh wait, do you want to do the other other tree over there? Yeah, we're, yeah. So we're not right yep, next to that yep, dude. Yep. Good call. Look, looking at us. Um. So she goes. I go backstage and Jim Jeffries is there. He's doing a theater and he wants to warm up. So he took my headlining spot no. and now he's he's going to close the show and they kick me off the stage. And I go, wow. She's like, I know, I'm fucking pissed. That is a dick move if it, if it really happened. It, I did, mean, it did really happen. And, uh, so, and so I go, holy shit, Andy. And she goes, and to put, make things worse, he told me, he goes, uh, he goes, I'm doing an impression of Jim. He goes, love, love, do me a favor. 
mind my sunglasses. Oh my! Make sure God. no one steals them. Oh I go, holy God. shit! Oh I go, what'd God. you do? And she goes, I stole sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> I go, are you fucking serious? She goes, yeah, I have his sunglasses in my pocket right now, and they're calling me from the club, telling me I need to bring them back. What do I do? I go, bring his fucking sunglasses back, Andy. Oh, and Jim didn't know who it was. He didn't know who it was, but he knew that someone had stole his sunglasses. And so he was like, I had him on my podcast and he like lit up. He's like, who was that? Who was that? And I was like, I didn't want to tell him. And I was like fucked up because I was like, I was like, I thought it was funny. Yeah. I got to get a picture of this too. I love just two, two dudes. <laughs> Two dudes in their forties under a tree. Yeah, doing a podcast. In a in a park. Oh my god, this is hilarious, this setting. How do I there we go? Oh, wait, should I do a video? Yeah. I just <laughs> uh, oh. hey guys. Uh, here with Bert Kreisner under a tree in a park in Salt Lake City doing his podcast. This yep. is so much fun. I feel like a little kid in the best See, way. I, by the way, these are the podcasts that go so smoothly for me where it's like yeah. it's not you don't have to by the way, and I also understand that it's like hardcore inside baseball about comedy. We're talking about Andy Smith for twenty minutes. Okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But we should probably change the subject. Yeah. Andy's like, Hey Bert, those are all the bad things I've done. How about tell <laughs> tell one of the good things I've done? Yeah, yeah. She's an amazing comic. Uh yeah. Uh, so check it out. Check it. Listen to his podcast. Listen to Birdcast. Doing a podcast in the middle of a park. It's a homeless park. And now I'm doing a Facebook or an Instagram video. <laughs> oh, so, sorry. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, Andy yeah. Smith was the one that introduced me to you. She's like, you're oh, cool. fucking awesome. And I just had kids. I think your kids are probably my kids' age. Yeah. Uh, my kids are uh, 12 and 10. I, I'm 13 and 11. Oh, awesome. And yeah. so you had kids my age and I, I felt lost. I felt like I was, I was like... I was like, I'm on the road. I got two kids. I'm yeah. not making any money. And she was like, she's like, oh, you're like Dan. And I was like, what? She goes, this guy, he's out of Washington, really fucking funny. And I started watching you. And I was like, oh fuck yeah, he's funny as shit. And I, I want to say you went, you came through a club I had done like, um, uh, like Laughs Unlimited or something. Okay. Or yep. something like that. Mm-hmm, and I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, oh cool. And then. And then, and I gotta be. This is 100 percent honest. Sure. And I, I hope it doesn't offend you. Nope. But nope. I heard you got a divorce, and it bummed me out. Yeah, but it bummed I, me out at the time. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, fuck, man. Yeah. Because I was like, you know how you like you, you put your chips on someone else, and sure, you go, sure. As long as they can do it, I can do it. Sure. Like right now, my chips are on Segura. Yeah. I go, I watch yeah. him, and I go, all right, cool. As long like he's yep. got his shit together. He's not cheating on his wife. He's not yep. doing drugs. Yep. Yep. Exactly. He's doing good. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm the same guy. I'm not right, cheating right. on my wife. I'm not yep. doing drugs. Yep. And so uh, he's fat. I'm less fat. <laughs> but when I heard you got a divorce, it bummed me out. I was like, "Fuck!" And then you, I think you moved to LA, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay, that makes sense." Yeah. And then I ran into you at Playboy Radio. I think for right. the first time right. I, I ever met you. Yeah. But you were like, you were like yoked. <laughs> and I, I was, got real. Into, I, I still like to work out. But I got real into lifting for a little bit. Yeah. You got real. So wait. So <laughs> walk me back from the divorce. Like if you can. Oh sure, like like when that happened. Like yeah, walk me back from doing the road. Yeah, having kids. Right. Like, did you well, know you want to be? Did you want to know you wanted to be a comic before you had kids? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, it was like a whole plan. Um, I so I went to Gonzaga, uh, did some sketch comedy there, had fun with it. People liked it, but then I didn't think of it as a career. I, can't, I come from a real small town. People just didn't do things like that. So I majored in psychology. 
I got a job as a uh, low-level counselor, thinking I was going to go on into social work, but then I just didn't like the work that much. I was getting burnt out, didn't know what to do. 22 years old, I was like, oh, what should I do? Should I go back to school? Try this. I started working at a gym for a little while, didn't like that. I was thinking about going back to school, and my fiance at the time, now my ex-wife, she had seen me do the sketch comedy Gonzaga, and she's like, you were really good at that. She's like, there's a, there's a, a comedy oh, this club. this bums me out even more. This she got me into it. God damn it! But you know, it ends finally good now. Yeah, 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 it ends yeah, good yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It, long arc. I don't but, know why but, I was so invested in your yeah. ex-wife. <laughs> because I was, in, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. still in love. But, sure. But I saw your ex-wife as my wife. Right. And I was that like, makes sense. Yeah. So keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. No. Um. So so she gets me into it. I, I try it. Have a lot of fun. And then she was super supportive. You know. But our plan early on was. Okay, if this starts to work out, we go to LA, and uh, you know, and try to like you know get into maybe acting or something there. And so then it starts going a little better, a little better. Get a few little TV spots, you know, do, do the NACA colleges, start doing that. And uh, and she gets more into her uh, corporate career. And then, but we had kind of planned this thing of like, well, once it got to a certain point, she would want we want to have kids, and then she would want to be home with the kids. And and this made me mad at her at the time, but I'm not mad anymore. I totally get it. Where we have the kids, she loves the kids. She's a great mom. Uh, we both love the kids. She, but she realized she did not want to be a stay-at-home mom. She just fell in love with her career, and she's very successful as an engineer. Now she's in like upper management of this utility. She's crushing it, really? like her career. But then what happened oh, this was this is not the woman I thought. Right, right, <laughs> and and then so so. Uh, Finally, I'm getting more like uh, attention from it was CAA at the time, and they, they're like, "Dude, you gotta come. To, if you're gonna come, you gotta come." I did Montreal a couple times, and so I just talked to her. I'm like, "We gotta go. Like, this is the time to go." I was making good money. I'm like, "We need to to move," and that's when she told me that she's like she couldn't. And then right after that, she told me she found somebody else. Oh, oh yeah. my God, this is so not the story I thought. I don't think it's the story anybody thought. I think no. people suspected that it was Dude, like I messed around on the road. Which makes you so much a fucking better of a guy is like, <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so she... She she um, met somebody else, which, you know, obviously was was uh, surprising and crushing to me. Um, oh, but, man, I wish I'd known this. <laughs> but, I, but I feel like it's... Uh, and I didn't want to do the act about like that kind of thing anyway. It's like... Um, and, and, and I knew that people would suspect that it was like more me, that it was the reason. Just of course. To, just, of course, of course. Of course. But it's also the mother of your kids. And, and, and I will say, it's not like our marriage was perfect, you know? And this isn't yeah. just going out of my way to defend her. I, I was not perfect either. She was not perfect. And we just we just grew apart. Yeah. We, we just weren't the, the same person. We get along very well now. Um, okay. And she's married to this guy. And, and this guy, I, I wanted to hate him, obviously. We had words. We had a lot of things, you know? But like... He's a great stepdad. Yeah. In the end, it's all she come around. Dude? She married this dude, and he is right for her. You know, it's one of those things. Took me. I mean, trust me, I was drinking heavy for a couple of years and very angry about all of this, and very much like wanting to just just filled with rage. And but through time, we kept it away from the kids. She was. She's always been a good mom, and then she always even was supportive of what I do and made things very easy with the kids. Despite all that, yeah. you know, and uh, yeah, so I went to LA, had the kids come down. So all the time. this is this is two thousand. This is like two thousand ten. Okay. Yeah. So that's when you moved down to LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god, man. So then, but then, but, but my head is definitely messed up. So I didn't hang out in LA like I probably should because I'm doing the road to make money to keep my kids going back and forth. And oh, then, and fuck. And then, you know, like when when my kids are in town, I'm not going to go to the club. I'm going to yeah. be with my kids, and. Uh, 
and then it just kind of like went like that. I, I, I dated one girl, that relationship. I was the, the bad guy in that relationship. I, I didn't realize how messed up my head was. Not to use that as an excuse. No, 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 no. That's al- it's, uh, it's I was allowable. Destroyed. I had a I dated a girl, and I had a solid six months of that girl having to deal with my last relationship. Oh, yeah. And, well, and then after that one, I said, I'm going to be single for a long time. That's smart. That's yeah. smart. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel bad if it's... Uh, I'll always have guilt over my relationship with this with this one girl. She was great, but wasn't the right, right one for me. Move on, date somebody else. And then luckily, I met my wife now, Lindsay, at a Nickelodeon shoot of all things. Remember that Mom's Night Out comedy they were trying? Do you remember hearing about that? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. I actually do. It's like a weird... They, were, they wanted... It's hilarious um, looking back. They wanted wanted initially it was a casting call only for female comics with kids and then they basically ran out and they're like okay uh any uh any dudes with kids yeah and then it just went to be like okay if you have a mom you yeah. can talk about your mom just like they open it up all the way yeah. but i did that and Lindsay, my wife was the costume the wardrobe i can't remember the title wardrobe supervisor yeah. whoever tells you what clothes to wear on a show yeah. she was that and uh i thought she was super cute i was fresh like single again and then uh, we just hit it off. It was amazing. I introduced her to my kids a while later, and my kids fell in love with her as, like, as much as I did. It was just beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, and then she worked in production. She worked on Supergirl and a whole bunch of shows. And then we realized, like, we needed to be with the kids much more. My son wanted to live, you know, more with us. And so that's when I made the decision. I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to save up. We're going to get that house, and we're going to come to Coeur d'Alene, and then we're going to, you know, so the time, are you, at the time, are you working on Playboy? This is, yeah, right. It was when I'm starting Playboy, and I knew, I knew when that contract I got it, it would give us the money to get the house and get set up, and I knew I would not renew. I was like, I'm going to do this for this little window, and actually... I did it for two years, but after year one, Lindsay moved up to Idaho, the house, and so my my kids are at my house in Idaho every other week, but I'm down in Playboy a lot and just going up whenever I can to yeah. kind of, but it was like the best for the family. That was a crazy year for me to be on the road in LA and have a place in Idaho trying to make it all work. And then, and then I just went up to Idaho with, uh, lost all the Playboy income. She lost her entire career, Lindsay did, no wardrobe money, all that stuff's gone. She has no other training. Uh, she doesn't work at first. I'm just working the road again. And that was a crazy time where it's like, I did it for the kids and w- would never regret that no matter how things worked out. Yeah. But I was scared shitless. I was like, you know, 39, go up there. Uh, I- I've always had the rep in clubs of being like, I would like to think a comic that club owners like, oh man, he's really funny. You know, newer comics like, oh, you should check this guy out. But yeah. in my head, I'm like, do you want to fucking check me out? I'm like, my career is not ad- admirable. I'm like, dude, dude, my advice to, <laughs> to new comics for a couple years was like, get the fuck away from this business. I'm like, I'm glad you like me, but you don't want my life, you know, kind of thing. Dude, <laughs> dude, that is like, uh, that is exactly yeah. how I feel sometimes. It, it was, cra- but then it was crazy. I started doing this podcast just for that nobody wanted. And, and, and I was just going to do it for something to do. I was doing it out of my kitchen. I mean, and I mean, nobody wanted it. Like we, my manager tried to get meetings with like all things comedy, all those, no one would even read back to her. They were just like, and then. Well, that's the, that's the fucking, that's the thing that drives me nuts about podcasts. Yeah. About the industry is that people assume you can't just do it on your own. Right. That you need to get into a network and, right. and whatnot. And part of the beauty is when you do it on your own. Exactly. And, 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 and if I wouldn't have got pissed off that nobody wanted it and got doubled down on my idea, it wouldn't be what it what it is. And I just I was like, no, man, I'm going to prove them wrong. 
at least have it be a good podcast. I just wanted it to be good or whatever. Yeah. And then it started to pick up, and then it has been like the most miraculous thing that's ever happened in my life. Where it's like now I'm living in Coeur d'Alene, which is good for my family, uh, and randomly, like my agents and the agency has never been more interested in my career than they are right now. Yeah. Because I'm selling far more tickets than I ever did when I lived in LA, making everybody more more money and doing what I love. And it's just, uh, I, I do love the story of it where, you know, I thought my career was kind of over in a sense. Yeah. You know, I it was just a, a passion project. I was like, well, let's try this. And it has just changed everything. And I love that the reason I kind of started it was family. It was, it was like, this is what's best for my family, and if it means my career just fizzles, well, I had a good run, you know? <laughs> God dang. That's so – because I feel like I feel like guys like me and you always get – like, I think other comics look at our – by the way, this is a shitty thing, a weird thing to say, but they look at our success right. and go – good for him like like they don't I think so like people begrudge the success of a fucking 32 year old who got a sitcom and is selling out theaters true other comics go what the fuck man yeah and then people look at like guys like me and you and we're not by the way we're by no stretch of the means are we Amy Schumer level no but and I don't even need to say that but you are closer than me. I mean, I mean, you are. You're doing so pretty. But yeah, I know what you mean, though. You're, we're not. We're not like the. Uh, we're not in us. Us weekly. Yeah. You know, getting our relationships examined in yeah. tabloids. And and I think part of that part of that is um, it's like the Mark Marin. It's like Marin. Right. Marin had a had a fucking full career, and then he was like, "Fuck, what am I? I got fired from American Radio or Air America? Air America, yeah." And he's like, "What do I do?" And he just starts a podcast, and then we all find it as yeah. comics. I remember when I, I remember where I was when I found Marin's podcast. I was on a fucking plane, sitting by the window, and he had Doug Stanhope. Doug Stanhope, is, uh, he's one of my heroes in comedy. He's, he's, he's first of all, he's one of my favorite human beings alive. Uh, like I love. I'm that jealous guy. that you know him. So I mean, he's I oh, yeah. I'm, I'm dude. I'm. So uh, happy that he's my friend. Like, that, yeah. that like I get a call from him and he's like, "I'm in LA. Let's go drink." Uh, and you, I just get like, I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" He's like, "I'm at Johnny Depp's house. Come on, let's go." That's and like that's d- like Hunter S. Thompson calling you to go. Like, Dude, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, I love him for a, a litany of reasons. Yeah. Um, most of which is that this right here is exactly who Doug is. Like, he'd love this. He would love this. Yeah. Smoking cigarettes. Yeah. A nice, you know, fucking grapefruit and vodka. <laughs> in the yeah. morning and he needs his nutrients. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's the, fu- I love that fucking guy. But he's a same yeah. one. No one, no one ever, everyone loves his success because they go, he did it his way. Right, he, right. He was like, fuck this business. Bisbee, Arizona? I'm going to Bisbee. I'm buying a compound. Uh, I'm living out here. It's amazing, man. I want to do that to an extent, but I feel like... You are doing it. You're in LA, but you are doing it. I'm doing it a little bit, but I feel like I would love to live... I would love to live in Idaho. I would love to live in Colorado. We actually talked about moving to Colorado. Come check out Coeur d'Alene, man. When we were talking about... So we, we, were, <laughs> we were talking about the bottom of our careers. Yeah. And I've told my story a million times. A year ago. Yeah. Uh, over A little over a year ago, Showtime Special comes out. No one watches it. Fucking just... Really, and by the way, and when we said one man's trash is another man's treasure, right? My bottom was would also be, it was not the bottom. It wasn't like a real bad bottom, but it sure. was just like lost. I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. And, and that moment, I was like, I was like, I knew we could, I knew I could pay for the, our family sure. on the road. Sure. My wife said a really fucking prophetic thing one time, when we bought our house, 
I was freaked out, and I yeah. was like, I was like, I don't know, like, what if we can't afford this? What right. If, what? And she goes, honey, if we can't afford this, then that means we don't live in L.A. because we're not going to just live in apartments. Like, right. This is right. where life is moving. Right. And she goes, it's this is what the mortgage is. That's what apartments are going to be. If we can't afford this, we can't live in L.A. And I was yeah. like, oh, almost like took a weight off my shoulders. But yeah. I was like, oh fuck yeah, all right, fuck it. This right. Is what it yeah. Is. Yep. Yep. You know. Yeah. What was that? Was the bottom of yours? You know, very similar to what you're saying, but it, but it compounded with that. You know, the divorce I talked about, but like, it was. You know, I just wanted. I was very naive. I, I thought if you got like an hour special, that that would just make your career. We were all naive. I was very naive. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Remember the naivety of going? If I could just get a manager, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there, there was like they were just gonna like uh, knock on the president of showbiz's door and be like, "Hey, he's in now. Let him in. Let him into the circle." I know. <laughs> he's nah. He's managed. I'm managing him. I had a friend. I had a conversation with a friend <laughs> who uh, who has a friend who yeah. fired their manager. Right. Very big comic and fired their manager, and they were like, and then they said to their friend, they just getting com- confusing. I can't say names, <laughs> but I my one of my friends knows someone who fired their manager. Yeah. And I was going to go to get ready to go on a hike, and I was like, whoa, why would they do that? And he was like, they were like. I don't know. They were like, what do I need a manager for? And I was like, whoa. And then he, the person was like, what do we need managers for? <laughs> right, and right. I was like, I don't uh. know. <laughs> I was like, well, they, I was like, yeah, wait, what do we need managers for? But it's so, like, it's so yeah. ingrained in the youth that you need a right. manager. And, and I, there are a litany of things. Like, my managers are very, I get a phone call every day. Yeah. Everything's organized for me. That's the biggest right. thing. Right. And projects don't sit on back burners because they kind of are like come on let's go we yeah. remember yeah we got a friday i get an email these are all the things we need to do this yep. week yeah so there's a ton of things but if you are if you're not a, a fucking high functioning alcoholic <laughs> you probably don't need a manager i know but there is that thing where i know I, I and mine's great she's like she was at my my wedding she's like well, you know one of my best friends but i i did have that moment here and there. i'm like wait what 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 are what <laughs> I don't want to be a dick, but what do you do? Like, but, but then you do realize, okay, yes, there's a lot of organizational things. They're promoting you. There's, there's different like, things. I, like, I wouldn't but have yes, my Netflix but, special right. without my yeah. manager yeah, they do just a lot. being yeah. a fucking bull. Yep, yep. Like, my, like and, and I know yep. that. Like, I know that it wasn't like, I wasn't like this, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to fucking discount myself. That's My therapist says not to do that. But, um, but yeah, so... So you're, you're you're oh but my yeah the, but my bottom was like uh, you're that, saying you're naive you thought he'd get yep an hour I, I thought I thought like okay I had a a nice run with Comedy Center for like three years where I did like live at Gotham they liked me very next year half hour that went well in their little voting top half hour system so I was like cool they gave me an hour and then and then the hour was well reviewed it made some like top ten list for the year so I'm like oh cool and then it goes on Comedy Central and then nothing. Like, like the, I was, in, I'll never forget. I was at Dr. Grins in Grand Rapids the weekend after it aired. By the way, fuck Dr. Grins. They've never once offered me. Like, I, what? I, I know. I like every time I'm like, I want to come to Grand Rapids. And Dr. Grins has always shined me. And I'm, but and for no reason other than they don't, they just like, they're, I, I know that they know I could sell tickets. Sure, sure, like, sure. They just are always like, meh. And, ah. I'm, like, and I'm always like, I, because the free beer and hot rings guys are my buddies. Yeah. And I yeah. love doing that show. The last time I was in fucking. Grand Rapids, I did like a 1,500-seat theater. I can't believe you haven't done Gilda's Laugh Fest. I did. I've done it twice. And oh, Dr. Okay. Grins never... I was always like... I was always like, yo, I say this on the air. Yo, hit me up. I want to do Dr. <laughs> Grins. And they're always like... Ah. But I mean, yeah, but I'm sorry. You were Dr. No, Grins. No, no. So I, so I went there like the, the, after this special uh, airs, and 
it was one of the most depressing work weekends of my life because nobody else showed up. It was like a, a third full rooms. I, I remember Jimmy Dore had a special around that same time, and I remember seeing him at uh, Comedy and Magic a little while after that, and I was just so down, and I was just like, I was like, because I, I, I was like, I literally, I, I go, I don't know what to do now. I'm like, that was my plan was to get there, and I thought that would lead to more things, and it's like nobody fucking cared. And I was like recently divorced, so I felt bad about that. I, I mean... You know, I, I'm not like a, a suicidal person, but I remember thinking like at least the thoughts are like, I get it. Yeah. I get oh. why people throw themselves off a roof now. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, this is not what I was hoping for at all on any level. Yeah. I, I, I am not suicidal in the slightest. Yeah. But I had, a, I had a buddy who killed himself and I tried to wrap my head around why you would do that. And uh, at my lowest. Yeah. Mine was at Oxnard Comedy Club. Yep. By the way, this is my lowest and my highest on the same weekend. Weird. Oxnard Comedy Club. My buddy killed himself in the summer, I think. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, I get it. I, 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 like, I, yeah. I was like, it's it's a it's a sense of control and certainty. Yes. Like oh you get to you get to make the fucking call. Right. Like dude you don't have to wait and find out if you ever get cancer. You know you're gonna kill yourself. Right. Right. You don't have to worry about cancer right. anymore. Right. Why do I have to worry about cancer? I'm killing myself. Right. And I, mine was in Oxnard and same thing. Uh, our special. Yep. Uh, I thought I was really proud of it. Yeah. I hired a marketing company company for three grand a month. Yeah. To help me promote videos. Nothing. Right. Post. The machine story on the 27th. I'm working the 27, 20, I'm working 28, 29, 30, yeah. and 31. I'm doing New Year's Eve. I'm getting a huge guarantee. Right. And I'm not selling a ticket. Meaning. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. On my Thursday show, there were 40 people in the room. Oh, and I'm no, doing yep. the math going, they're losing their asses. Uh, I'm driving back and forth. I'm in a, you feel bad for the wait staff? I feel bad for everyone. Right. And there are sometimes you find wait staffs that are like, that are like, go ahead and lay down if you need to. Do you have a hip uh, problem? I'm just so stiff. I have oh, no really? flexibility. Oh, the are worst. Are you serious? I, I just started, I finally met with a trainer. I, I was never, and uh, laughable. Yeah. He was just like, oh, you just do this pose to work your hips. And he's like, or, or that, if that's what you can do. Yeah. And I was like, this hurts here. Like, this isn't even the pose. Like, I can't do anything. Um, so I'm at I'm at Oxford. I'm in a weight loss competition with Segura. Okay. I'm getting so much hate online. It's unbelievable. So much hate online? Why? It's Because we're in this fat shaming thing. Oh, for, from that, from that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. so it was fat shaming, and it was like, and it just starts building up where you're, you really start believing yeah, like people say this about you, and then you get, you're like, yeah, I'm a fat fuck, and then you're like, fuck, I, my life does suck, and then you're like, I'm a fat fuck, and I got no career, and Ugh. and I'm and I post the machine story on the 27th. I don't sell a ticket. Like Thursday, 40 tickets. Early show Friday, uh, maybe a hundred. Uh, yeah. Late show Friday, maybe 80, and I know they're losing their ass. And I I remember sitting in the green room, and looking at my phone and the I posted the machine story and it had like 13,000 views and I was like mother fucker I can't catch a fucking break right. I'm like I just did this special I'm proud of I just did the machine story it's shot beautifully I finally own the content yeah. I post it no one's watching it and I remember I remember at the corner of my eye seeing that it had like 13,000 views but it had like 11,000 shares and I was wow. like yeah. I was like oh, that seems like a lot and then I go home I don't really think of any of this yeah. I go home the Saturday, I think the Saturday show is the New Year's Eve show. Yeah. Don't sell a ticket. I'm in a weight loss competition, and I decide, fuck it. We're doing weigh-ins on the first 
or like the second and third, so that's when Tom gets back. Yeah. I go, fuck it, I'm getting drunk tonight. I'm, you know what? This is why you drink. I'm at the fucking bottom. And I go, we do the first show, and I get off stage, and I look at my phone, and the machine story has like 300,000 views. Holy shit. And I was like, whoa, that really jumped. Yeah. And I do the second show, I have a cocktail, I, I get a hotel room. Yeah. I go back to the hotel room. And I look at the phone, and the machine story's got like a million views, and I'm like, oh, "That's fucking oh odd." Oh my I go, that god! That really jumped quick. That's seven hundred thousand in a couple yeah. hours. Yeah. And now I'm looking at the shares, and it's like twenty thousand shares, thirty thousand shares. Shit. And the comments are coming in, and one of the top comments, I've said this on stage, but one of the top comments yeah. is from this girl in my class that was in my Russian class, and her, and it was like one of the fucking oh. first five comments left. Yeah, yeah. It said, "I was on this trip." Uh, I was in his Russian class. This story is 100% true. He that fucking robbed us. That is awesome. And she tagged everyone in my class. And I saw that, and all the comments after that are like, right. are like, oh my God, uh, to their friends. They yeah. tagged like 10 yeah. friends. You have to see this story. It's a true story. And it, I was like, and she then tagged post pictures of everyone. Yeah. So that morning I woke up. I got up for New Year's Eve. Yeah. I was like, all right, all I got to do is not eat today. Uh, get workout. I'm gonna run like 13 miles. Right. I'm gonna not or walk really. Yeah. I'm not gonna work out. I'm gonna work out. I'm gonna be healthy. And I looked at it and it had three million views. And so, I went. So you know now it's viral. I go. It's, oh, it's going viral. Like it's gonna pop. Yeah. And I get in the car and I play Credence Clearwater Revival. And I said, this song is my. This album yeah. is my album for this year. And yeah. I was like, oh, I, I go. This is. I'm like the fortunate. Like I'm. Every song's uh, making sense to me. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, yeah. I feel great. I pull over. We're out where Segura lives now. I pull over to go get a coffee. Yeah. And I look and it's got 7 million views. And I'm like, My God. what the fuck? And I'm like, holy shit. Get a coffee. It's New Year's Day. Come home. My wife's making collard greens. The uh, house smells great. All our friends come over. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm drinking again. I don't give a fuck. Fuck yeah. this. And, my, and I have therapy that day. And my therapist says... I'm like, I'm worried about this weight loss challenge. What if I don't win? Segura's going to shave my beard. And he goes, what are you worried about? Yeah. I go, well, if I lose, then he shaves my beard. And he goes, and everyone will watch you get your beard shaved. So who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, who gives a fuck? I was right. like, who gives a fuck? And then I was like, I'm going to have fun. And we did yeah. the weight loss challenge. It was fun as shit. But, but, uh, but that was my lowest and my highest was that weekend was at the that. fucking rock bottom. And then everything turned around. God. Isn't that amazing how, like, one... Well, I mean, I say, like, one thing can turn things around, but it's not one thing. It's it's, it's the machine story that you built over years working that, stand-up that you... And it's the previous stand-up that got you the recognition to get to show... It's all these years that lead to these, uh, you know, great material, shot well possibilities, but then it's that one little fire that catches on one part of it that just changes everything. It's that one thing... You know what it is? It's, uh... You know, a lot of people... I always discount hard work. <laughs> I mean, I do that as, like, a... As like a, almost as a joke a little bit. Yeah. Because I do believe you can work as hard as you want, but without a little bit of luck, you're yeah. fucked. Yeah. But the hard work, if the luck shows up, right. that hard work pays off. Yeah. And I think for me, it was that I'd done stand-up for 19 years on the road. Yeah. 19 years I've been doing stand-up. Yeah. I was an accomplished comedian, meaning right. I could go into any room and I wasn't going to bomb. Right, right. Uh, I was going to be able to... I can work. Hold your own, out. man. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 on on my good nights, I was gonna have a great show. Yep, yep. And so that story goes viral, and then people started coming to my shows that didn't know me. And yeah. they're like, "Well, you, you're like a stand-up." Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. You were a reality show guy, and I was like, "No." And they're like, "You like legit do stand-up?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is my yeah. job." Yep. And yep. I think that 
coupled with the, you know, I think those two things. Dude, I love it. I love it. (laughs) God, how cool, man, seeing those things jump like that. But you believe, what's up, brother? You believe, no, I don't smoke. Um, I, uh, I believe that so many of us buy into this format of like right. how a career should run. Yep. The Dane yep. Cook model. Yep. The Kyle Cease model. Yep. You know? And it, and it's just his horseshit. Yeah, no, I mean that that was me, man. It was like uh you know, do late nights, do the, you know, like the, the Comedy Central stuff. And, and, I, and then I did all that stuff. And that's why it was so depressing where I was like, shit, I, I did it all, quote unquote, the right way. Yeah. And it didn't work, you know, but it's like, but then what's funny, weird for me, then now years later, now people are finding those same things. Now people are finding the back catalog. Oh, now, yeah. Now it's like, like I was in Dallas, uh one of the first theaters I've done that wasn't like part of a special taping or something like that, just a random gig that was a theater. And, uh... Dude, it was for me. It was so nuts to come out to an audience that was so pumped up that they're standing up as I'm coming out. Never had that before. Yeah. And then uh, I did an encore just for the hell of it. I'm like, I told the guys working with Pat House, great comic from Philly. I know Pat. Oh yeah, Pat. Pat. Yeah. He was on the whole tour with me, and I was like, hey man, uh, I'm gonna end on you know such and such bit. I'm gonna go off because I would do this for uh, Brian Regan when I would open up for him. I yeah. like do his encore. I'm like, let's do it the same way. Say, hey, I hope you guys had fun. Uh, man, you guys seem like you want maybe a little more. Do you want to hear? Want to have Dan come back out? Blah blah blah. We did that. I come back out and I said, uh, "You guys, you guys want to talk about some spoons? Because I have this one bit that here come the spoons, motherfucker." Yeah. They fucking went nuts, and I was like, "This is my favorite moment of my career so far." Where it's yeah. like, I was like, "Please, more of this," but it's just crazy. Where it's like that bit was done on an album, what sixty-seven years ago now, and you know, and, and it would do okay on Pandora and that kind of stuff, but you, you kind of feel like you're shouting in the darkness. Where it's like. No one's coming to shows really wanting it. And then all of a sudden, all these years later, people love it. I did it. I closed on it last night and, and, and people were bringing spoons to shows, that kind yeah. of stuff. But it's just weird. It's so surreal where it's like, I, I just thought that was never going to happen because I did all those bits. And then you move on from that material. You go to the next thing and you just kind of think like, well, you know, oh, well, you know, that was fun. People liked it at the time. And, and but then now that stuff's coming back thanks to the web and thanks to the new kind of way we can do things. Yeah. And now with the podcast, just having like being able to do a podcast from wherever and have that reach new people and now I'm having people who last night a bunch of people are like we didn't we never watched your stand up like they like the podcast and then they come out and then they're like holy shit that was a lot of fun yeah because they don't realize like I've been doing this for 18 years you know like kind of thing and they're like oh wow you know like this is you we didn't really know this kind of part of you you know same thing happened to me people Uh, heard me on Rogan and thought I was a travel channel host right right and people sound me on travel channel and were like oh you ride roller coasters (laughs) right right and then they come out to see your stand up and they're like Dude, you're like they say to you, you're funny. Right, and right, like, right. Yeah, thank you. Yep, like, yep. I, I thought so too, but but they're I, kind of surprised because they they don't they thought you were funny TV host funny. Yeah, but now they're like, oh, this dude's a beast on stage. Yeah, because yeah, because they don't understand you've been doing it for two decades. You know what was the what was the how did you come up with Time Suck? Uh, Time Suck was I tried a couple podcasts before, and by the way, I have to say I'm so glad you didn't go defer to the natural instinct to just get a radio job in like your hometown. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I know that that is, especially having this conversation of yeah. follow the path, do what everyone right. else is doing. That was an. I option. had that thought. I had that yeah. thought. You know, after Playboy, I was like, well, I got a little bit. You know, I've done. I had done a serious XM show years before too, and I'm like, okay, I probably have enough of a resume where I can get something. But uh, but I but I just but I didn't really I I didn't want after Playboy. Part of it was a weird thing with me where 
Playboy should have been a lot of people's uh, dream job. It would have been a lot of dudes' dream jobs. You're working with like naked Playboy models. It's this festive thing, and I hated it. Like I, I, I liked the money. The girls were nice. All that they were all cool. But I'm like, this is it. Just isn't me. This isn't what I it want to do. It didn't seem like you when I came in to do it. It didn't feel. Yeah, it wasn't like. Uh, I wasn't having fun, I, I, and I was like, I, I just remember thinking, like, okay, I'm, I'm almost 40. I'm like, the whole point of me getting into this business was to do what I liked. I'm like, if I'm not going to do what I like in this business, why not just try to get a day job of some kind and just give up on it? So I'm going forward. I'm just going to do what I like, and I started turning down reality show projects. I, I worked as a consultant producer of like Todd Hurwitz and a lot of guys uh, on all these projects, and then I just started turning down their offers, and it was. Not not like crazy crazy money, but good money that I could have used. And I was like, no, I'm just, that's just going to lead to more of that. It was scary, but I started saying no, and I'm like, I'm going to focus on this little podcast, see what happens. And it started to grow. Uh, and, and oh, and the idea came from I had tried to do podcasts that my manager or agent had told me to do before, like like uh, like you're a great interviewer, like they, like they wanted me to be like an interview style podcast. And I was like, I don't know if that's. But this is how bad of an interviewer I am. I thought you were just complimenting me, and I was like, I am. But no, I no, was no, complimenting no, you. No, 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 keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I was complimenting. No, uh, but like, <laughs> no, but you're like you're passionate, you're involved, you're like you know, and but I just I I know enough about myself to know that I wouldn't be that good, and I was like. I, I have you know these weird interests, and that would be fun, but uh, nobody thought it was really a good idea. And I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm like, it's, if it doesn't work, it's just another project that didn't work. Oh well. Yeah. And uh, but I'm like, what am I already doing? And I was procrastinating when I was supposed to be writing a treatment for this or working on a show. I would write for a few minutes, and then I'd be like, hey, whatever happened to so and so? And I would Google him, you know. And I'm like, it could be like O.J. Simpson. And then I'm and then I'm suddenly I'm reading his stats, and then his stats lead to Bo Jackson's stats, and then Bo Jackson leads to whatever happened to Bo Jackson, and then like. That could lead to some injury. And I'm like, well, how do you get that kind of injury? And I'm in these weird wormholes, and like an hour has gone by. And I'm like, well, I just like learning about random shit. I'm like, what if that could be the podcast? It's fucking great. And, and, and nobody thought it was a good idea, though. Initially, they're like, I don't know, man. You by yourself, just talking about this. And then I started to, to once I started doing it, CBS Networks, they wanted to do it originally. They heard the pilot, and they literally just, that was a low moment, too. They, they, they just dropped it. Like, they dropped a free podcast. And I, and I was like, you motherfuckers. So then I just started doing it myself and immediately started getting emails of like, hey, man, you should look into this. Or, oh, that was really cool. I didn't know about uh, that angle on this. Oh, that was really fun. And it starts building and building. And then it just, uh, Tom and Dan out in Orlando, they were like my mentors. They were like, hey, man, just keep going. Here's the equipment. All the tech advice, they were great. Those they guys started are promoting game changers. It. I want to talk Dude, about them in a second, but keep going. Oh, they're, they've been amazing. And... Uh, and it just started to build really organically. And then all of a sudden people would approach like, hey man, you should do some merch. I can do this for you. And I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden people start wearing those shirts to shows. And then somebody else is like, uh, hey man, I can help you with social media on this or I can do this. And I'm like, okay. I just started saying yes to everything. And then I started reading. I've never done self-help. I, I've, I was going to be a therapist at one point and I've never really done real therapy, which I should probably do. My wife's been wanting me to do for years. Uh, but I got a book, Chris Hardwick's book, the, the Nerdist, the Nerdist Way, and I started doing the exercises Wait, in it. What? Yeah, I started. I started doing those exercises because it speaks to me. Because I was a huge video game nerd. I was a huge nerd, and he basically teaches you in this book to to treat life like a video game. He's like. If you're a gamer, you're good at like leveling up. He's like, well, figure out how to do that in your real life. And it just spoke to me. 
And so with the podcast, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to treat this like a video game. Uh, the, the, the object of the game is to make this podcast as successful as possible. Well, how do I do that? Have you talked to him about this? No, uh-uh. But like he's cha- it changed my life, like that, that book as well. Is he still doing his podcast? He changed the name to uh, Idiot, I think. I think he sold Nerdist Enterprises, and then so maybe he had to change the name because yeah, of that. Yeah. So it's still there, but it's he a was different the one, name. He changed, he's a fucking... And really inspirational guy. Oh, I've known him for a very long time. Not, I mean, not not like buddies or anything. Sure. But I've known him for a very long time. Yeah. And uh, and the last time I hung out with him, uh, I, I mean, I'm just being real. He kind sure. of alienated me a tad bit. Oh, no. I was when I was doing my book, and he just he kind of looked down on me and was like talked down to me. Oh no. And I was like, I was like, but he was doing so well. I think it was that I think I might have reacted weird to something he said. Uh-huh. He was re- he was doing uh his game show midnight yeah. mm-hmm. at midnight at and midnight, I had yeah. tried to get on it and they had said no. They didn't want me either, yeah. yeah. And I was like in my head I was like by the way I'm a much better con I know that you yeah, don't yeah, yeah. see that because you hung out at UCB a lot, but like I'm a much better comic than the a lot of the people you're putting on and I really yeah, would yeah. like I understand that you think all I do Sigur and I've had this conversation there's a lot of people that think that all I do is take my shirt off and get drunk that's all that's all they think I do which right. is completely fine to me <laughs> but I am an accomplished comedian who writes right, material right, that's right. how I got there yes like, yes, yes, yes I do take my shirt off and get drunk but there's other parts of me too we, yeah. I wish I could remember who we were that's talking about that's why you're able to uh, take your shirt off and get drunk yeah. is because of the material if you were just a dude who's like what's up motherfuckers and like <laughs> 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 there'll be four there'll be four idiots in the audience be like woo woo just like <laughs> but um <laughs> you but, you'll be performing here for the- I'd be with that guy going hey man you got a cigarette the uh he so was telling me and I'd been on so many TV shows at right. the time but he was telling me we were walking through <laughs> Hollywood Center Studios and he was telling me uh yeah you gotta uh, you gotta see my uh my 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 dressing room my green room he goes I just I just put like uh 70 grand into it I, went, ah. I was like what in my head, I was yeah, like, huh? like, in my, I was like, hold on, like I, I was thinking so many things, like, yeah, how do you know you're gonna get picked up for next year? And which right. I'm sure he knew, right? And then I was like, seventy grand in a fucking something you don't own, right? Like you're, and I was like, and he's like, well, you know, I want to make it comfortable for me, and I was like, holy wow. shit! And then he said to me, we did a podcast, and he was like, he goes, so you have kids? And I was like, yeah. He was like, why would you do that to them? What? And I was like, what? And he was like, why would you, why would you? I mean, you're on the road. Like, you shouldn't... You should stay home. And I was like... In my head, I was like, how fucking... Weirdly judgy. It it was weirdly judgy. I don't think he was trying to be an asshole. But I think he was just like... I live my life a certain way. Yeah. And I was also... I drink. And he he quit drinking. Right, right, right. So I think that was part of it. And he was like, how could you put them through that where you go on the road all the time? And you do Travel Channel and you're gone for two weeks. Right. And I was like... I have to pay bills. In my head, I wanted to yeah, be like, yeah. there's guys in the military that disappear for two years. Exactly. That's that's your job. Pilots, salesmen, all that kind of stuff. No, I, and I hear the same thing. As somebody who's kids, I always hear the same thing. Yeah. Knowing what I know about him because of reading his book now, I would say that that's total project. His dad was a professional bowler yeah. who had to travel and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like a lot of those people, it's like they were bothered or sensitive by some aspect of their childhood, and it's all like oh, oh, oh. projection. It's projection all- is the number. I People project on me more than any human being, I think, because... Because I do things in such a manner where it's like, where it is not supposed to work. Right. Right. And, and I, I, I remember at when I'm, I the first time it started happening to me was after the Rolling Stone article, and people started going like, you, you don't do shit, and I was like, 
yeah, I know. They're like, oh, you've done this fucking party. How come you're successful? And I was like, they're I'm jealous. not successful. I'm just moving to New York to be a comedian. Yeah, but you shouldn't. How can? How come you're gonna move to New York and follow your right. dreams? And I was like, right. I don't know. I didn't know any better. But to this day, I have people project on me, like, fucking. Oh no! Well, but but it's like what we that kind of stuff. Like when we do this kind of, I've had like. You know, I was talking to people. Just don't. I think a lot of people they had their dreams when they were young, and they just felt like, well, you got to be responsible, quote unquote, and you have to like do this and be, you know, their version of a grown up, and that's their excuse for giving up on their dreams and doing this. And then, and when they see somebody who didn't just say, no, nah, uh, I'm not going to give up on stuff. I'm actually going to pursue it. Yeah. And then it works. They're incredibly jealous and, and like bitter about it. Oh, when I did the weight loss challenge with Segura, there were people going, yeah, but you did it the wrong way. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. And like when you, you, you dieted the wrong way. And yeah. I was like, they're like, he did it the right way. Right. Which is accurate. Yeah. It is accurate. I just ate Xanax and Ambien. And <laughs> like if I was hungry, I'd take an Ambien and go to sleep. Right. And, and I would get on the treadmill and I'd just walk 13 miles. I'd just right. walk for right. all day. And I wouldn't eat. I was I dropped below 1,000 calories a day. Yeah. But I lost 40 pounds in a month. Oh, my, look, oh my there's, God. Yeah, there's, yeah, well, it wasn't healthy. But yeah. there's the wrong way and there's the right way. Or right. there's just the way. Like, everyone's yeah, yeah. got their own fucking way. When I ran the marathon, right. everyone's like, there were people, like, offended that I did it. It's so, was, it's so stupid. People want to put rules. You know, uh, Rory Scovel, I haven't seen him in a couple years. I really like, you know, like that guy. Great. And I've heard this secondhand. So he, he didn't say this to me. But he said it to somebody else that they told me and it stuck with me. Somebody was asking him for comedic advice. And he's like, well, what about this? What about this? And, they had, and they were just this long diatribe. You know how sometimes people corner you and want to know every intricacy of how the business is supposed to work. And I guess Rory just turned and he goes, man, he goes, why do you think there are rules? There's no rules for any of this. Yeah. You know, and that, but, and it really just like, maybe the right moment it caught me, but I'm like, just kind of life in general. It's like, we want to put all these rules on this. It's like, no, man, that's all arbitrary. That's all subjective. That's all weird. We're just fucking apes yeah. who can speak a little better, you know? And then it's like, we, we want to say like, oh, this is how you have to do this. And this is how you, no, you don't, you know, don't, don't kill people, you know, don't, uh, don't hurt people. Yeah. And, and the rest of it is, uh, you know, up for conjecture of I like feel, how you're supposed I to do it. I feel bummed that I'm not, uh, Better friends with Rory because I've because I, I, I just it, 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 our lives don't match up. Like oh that. yeah yeah yeah. But like I love that guy. He's funny as shit. Very funny. But yeah. He is the kind of guy that would be like, I'm the asshole that if you're like, hey, what's the what's give me a hint on comedy? I corner you and I go, let me tell you all the fucking rules. <laughs> like I'm the fucking idiot that spews off for you, know, you buy me a drink, I'll tell you anything you want to know. <laughs> and uh, and by the way, I'm. And I would only do that because that's what Tom Rhodes did to me one time. I, I love like, Tom Rhodes. I love Tom. Yeah. When, when I was a young comic, I've told this before, but I was a young comic. I was in New York at the Boston Comedy Club. Yeah. And Tom Rhodes rolls into the Bag It In, and I go down to the bar, and I'm like, I'm a, I'm a comic from Florida, uh, just like you. I think you're fucking amazing. If you can give me any insights. And Tom just looks at me, and he goes, you start buying me drinks, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. <laughs> and I was like, all right, put my dad's credit card down. That like, is Patrick, awesome. whatever he fucking wants. That's and awesome. And talked to him all night long, became friends with him. But don't you feel like it's just like, like the basic stuff is like, be nice, work really hard, have a plan. That's what I tell guys. That's the one thing I do. I'm like, have... It can be any plan, but have a plan. Yeah. Don't just like um, uh, think that like you'll write a couple of jokes and then do them around your fucking Jacksonville, Florida, and 
everything will happen. It's like, no, man. I like, I like what Chris Hardwick said. It was like, level up. Yeah, you know, it, 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 and he was, it was very practical stuff. He, he has you do all these exercises where it's like, write out your fears. And it is weird seeing him on paper. He's like, he's like, what's the worst that could happen? And I would write out this stuff like, I'll make no money. My wife will leave me because I'm a deadbeat. My kids won't respect me because it's like, yeah. and then you start seeing how ridiculous it is when you put it on paper. You're like, okay, uh, if comedy doesn't work out, it's not like I'm going to be like, well, fuck everything yeah. and just curl up in a ball and just with a bottle of Mad Dog, you know, and just be like, I don't even care. Yeah. No, man. It's like, it's like I would see it and I'm like, okay, that is a little silly. And then he'd have you like write down your goals of where you want to be and like have little steps. And a lot of it for me is just like, for Time Suck, it just, um, it's just a constant challenge of like, how good can I make it this month? How much better can I make the episodes? How much uh, more passionate can I be about the subjects? How much more, how much fun can I have doing these? What are your top, what are your top five episodes? Oh man, uh, Scientology was a big one. That's an early one that really, I've always been fascinated. So that was really cool to learn about that. I'll be checking that one out on the flight. I have not heard that one. Yeah, that was a- uh, Is your whole catalog available online? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, just, yeah everything's mine up there. for a while and then I- <clears throat> oh, okay. Now, now Lipson, Lipson made it so that uh, only like the last oh. hundred or t- twenty were available. Oh, okay. Oh, and then weird. I open them all up. Yeah, yeah. So that they're, they're all there. Yeah, I, I like that. I like people being able to. And I have enough weird references where some people want to go so they can understand the characters a little bit that show up. Yeah. But um, that one, uh, I do like cult stuff. Uh, Branch Davidian. That was. Uh, uh, I got. Uh, David Koresh. I you know? think I. I want to say I listened to that one and then I got into a spiral. Of uh, Ruby Ridge. Oh yeah, that's that's very near me. I live within like an hour of Ruby Have Ridge. Have you done one on Ruby Ridge? No, but it's, it's on the list. It's on the list. I know Ruby the story, Ridge. Randy Weaver and all that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm familiar with the uh, various aspects of that story. But uh, uh, one that really got me um, was Shadow People. That one still scares me. Uh, I do the scary ones every once in a while, and I tell myself that I'm not a person who believes in that kind of stuff. What was Shadow People? Oh, that one fucking creeps the shit out. I, I got goosebumps now. I, I don't know why it creeps me out so bad. It's these people believe. God, I feel like a weird. Now I feel like a little kid, like getting all scared. Uh, that there is these sightings of these like shadowy entities. A lot of times it'll happen when you're asleep, and you'll wake up and there'll be something sitting on your chest, something in the corner of your room, uh, black eyes, dark fucking energy just watching you. Sometimes uh, people have claimed that it's hurt them, interacted with them. Um, so there's consistent uh, viewings around the world of one that has this hat, like this red hat, certain color kind of eyes. People will see the same one, and they think it's basically some kind of demonic. The, um... All right, we're back. So the the podcast stopped recording. This has been a <laughs> labor of love. This podcast, um, but uh, it's, feel, it's it's fun in like an adventure way, where it's just like uh, like like we had a mission where a podcast had to be recorded, and then uh, the world was like, uh, uh-uh, not no. You're gonna miss this. You're gonna have yeah. this. But it's like, but I love how you just like, no man, come on, let's go. Did I get? Did I wonder if they showed. I wonder. I wonder if the part where. Uh, the well, what's the very end? What's is it? Because we're talking about the shadow people. Oh. Yeah. So we're talking about the shadow people. I don't think the cops had showed up. Right. Right. This is just before that. Just before the cops showed up. We were yeah. Talking about shadow people. Yep. Cops showed up uh, and told us that we were in Needle Park. I don't know. <laughs> By the way, I'm not certain if this is. I tell you right here. Oh yeah. Okay, so well, we just started talking about shadow people. About shadow people. Okay. So we'll we'll recap. Yeah. And I was saying that uh, on mushrooms, I had run into shadow people. Right. We were talking about this tree. 
Yep, uh, we have the vagina tree. I, I was I took mushrooms. Talking about the succubus, a lot yeah. of a lot of a lot of good stuff. Yeah, we missed a little. Yeah, I'll, well, I'll recap and 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 yeah. I apologize if this is going to be us retalking about ourselves, but um, which one am I? Yeah, I'm this one. Uh, but I took mushrooms one night and yeah. at my friend's house, and I and I saw and I was having a great time, and then I went outside and I. I met a tree that I, I'd known this tree. I'd seen this tree a bunch. And I, fall, I realized it was a woman. And then I, because I had a clitoris, a and a clitoris. And then I saw shadow people. And then I had to go back in the house. And I was fucking freaking out. And then we talked about sometimes I fuck ghosts. Anyway. Right. Yes. So keep, we'll keep moving forward. <laughs> and, and, and then the, yeah, and the shadow people are just like these weird, dark entities that people claim to see. And just, yeah, yeah very scary. Freaks me out. Those kind of episodes always freak me out. Amityville, I did another one that scared me. And then I'm doing the uh, exorcism one right now. And then we were, this, this is scaring me too. But then we were just talking about historical stuff that you love. I love it. Like, so, like medieval. We were talking about Ruby Ridge. Uh, Ruby Ridge and then Vlad the Impaler. Vlad the Impaler is like one of my favorite ones where it, 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 I think it's just easy where it's like, you know, you watch movies like that have a medieval setting or whatever, or you read books about it, but it doesn't seem real in a sense. It seems like like uh, Lord of the Rings-ish yeah. or like fantasy. And then <laughs> what I like about those episodes is I just stop to think about, okay, like Vlad the Impaler, you know, Southeastern Europe, uh, the, the Ottoman Turks at that time are really trying to push further into the Holy Roman Empire of, you know, the Pope and everything in Europe. So it's this big Christianity versus Islam battle and like Southeastern Europe is just kind of caught in the middle and then Vlad the Impaler like like Vlad had ties he was held captive he was raised by the Ottomans basically like they would do this thing the Turks would like um and uh, uh, just just the, the Muslims at that time, they would take the sons of some important political figure uh, in, in a part of the country they were trying to, or part of the world, take over and basically hold them hostage. They would raise them, they would treat them well, but with the understanding that if you don't do what we want you to do in your little kingdom, We've we'll kill you. your fucking kids. Oh my God. And, and so that kind of stuff would happen all the time. And so that's how Vlad was raised. They treated him well, they gave him a great education, but he was also taken from his homeland um, in uh, Wallachia and uh, in Transylvania in that kind of area and, yeah. and, and raised by these. So we had like a weird time in history. <laughs> but the villages, and it's been a while since I've done the episode, so I'm blanking on like the terms of these, like the, the countries where they're at right now. Like, it doesn't really matter for what I'm trying to say, I guess. But like there was this kind of buffer zone of the people that were in, in between the, the Muslims and the Christians and they were just getting motherfucked continually because you know the uh the christian armies would push past their land and fight them and then the other people would push back it's like the 37th parallel oh it just yeah exactly exactly and it just sucked for them where it's like you know uh, somebody would just burn their village to the ground just to make a point to the other side of like don't fuck with us or they were just constantly getting but then even when they weren't getting shit on the life of a peasant in medieval Europe where you had to like, uh, you were a serf and you farm, you didn't really own your land. You had to produce a certain amount of crops to give to the, the, the Duke or the Prince or whoever. Yeah. And there was disease was rampant, you know, and like the plague and all these kind of things. It was such an, a terrible time to live. And then you add Vlad the Impaler on top of that, where he liked to use psychological warfare against his enemies. And he had multiple, he would, he would fight on multiple fronts at different times. He would fight some of his own people, you know, where like they would have a, they they were bickering about something he would fight the, the Muslims always fighting and he would do this thing where the impaler thing impaling was somewhat common back then where you know they, they would put, put you on a pike or whatever as a punishment of some kind to send a message but he took it to the next level he would do mass impalings 
And basically it was to, and he did scare the, uh, what, the Sultan? I'm blanking again. It's been a little while, but the, the head of the Ottoman Empire, their uh, top guy, he, he scared him enough to have that guy be like, I don't want it that bad, essentially. And he like went back and just stopped fighting for a little while because it freaked him out because he came upon this village where uh, hundreds, no, I, I think actually this one time, I think it was in the thousands of people, like, like you're walking through the forests, you know, Southeastern Europe, it's like very much like Game of Thrones kind of landscape. And then you c- come across, a, you know, over the hill and all of a sudden you just see hundreds, if not thousands of bodies, some of them not dead, writhing in agony on these various like poles, essentially, like these wooden poles. And, and you know, they're pierced through their anus sometimes where they just like slowly, they're, they're stuck through their ribs, they're stuck through, and, and it's like, it, it, it was just meant to terrify the enemy and it would uh it's just crazy that that was like a real thing though that was like the real fate of somebody was to be part of some macabre display to freak out some other you know uh leader and you're just amidst all these bodies writhing and then it was i'll just have the weirdest thoughts on doing those episodes where it's like as horrible and as disgusting as that is that was also like somebody's job was to like put people on sticks like Vlad wasn't doing it so he had like you know whoever fucking Engelbert was the the polemeister yeah and he's like hey Eng fucking man we gotta we gotta we get, I need 300 bodies on these sticks you know by tomorrow afternoon and you know that like no matter how disgusting something is in life you acclimate to anything so eventually someone became like ah, it's just a job to them They're like yeah. ah, we gotta put some fucking people on some sticks and then not only would he put just like, like a body, he would get creative sometimes and he would hack people into like five pieces and he'd put like their leg on one stick, their head on another stick. And I swear to God, I read this in one of the historical accounts. There would also be like sometimes like genitals on a stick. So it'd be like a dick stick, but I'll cut up. But you know that like you do that so many times you get jaded and also it's human nature to take pride in your work. Yeah. Right. So, you know, like at one point in history, a real human being had a moment was like, that's fucking pretty dope. Yeah, like, like that's he, a good like, display. Step back as he's yeah. go, as he's going home to get dinner. Yep. he looks back. He's like, "That's a thousand. I did a thousand people today, and that looks that's good, man. Bad, man. It's, got, it's got a good balance. You, you know? see the way I did the legs. <laughs> that's I love those weird thoughts where he's like, like he had some assistant, like Sven, Sven, move that dick up a little bit. No, push the thigh. No, oh, that's, ah, ah, ah. yeah. Ah, God if it damn, was in, beautiful. If it was in today's beautiful. terms, he'd be like, get a picture of this. Oh like yeah, they did. Like they did selfie, selfie. What was, what was the what was the uh, fucking the place in Afghanistan where our soldiers oh, were doing that. And yes, yes, pictures. yes. Uh, in Abu, Abu Gharab. Abu, Abu, yeah. Abu Gharab. I can't. Abu, Abu Gharab. Something Gabi. like that. Abu Bobby. Abu Bobby. Abu Bobby Gabi. But yeah, where they were posing prisoners. Dude, it it's was. human nature. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> as soon as you start doing that. Yeah. See, I have a weird, I have a weird, like, uh, trigger feeling like you know people go I get triggered mm-hmm. like I, I understand triggering like yeah. I understand that but mine is the loss of power like I have a really like if hard, you were put on a stick meaning meaning like meaning like uh, it, it, it you see it in movies sometimes where the some the person's like hey man you don't have to kill me oh like right. that, that right. loss of power yeah where someone says like where you where your fate is entirely up to somebody else Right, like, oh, like hostile kind of thing. You're dude, in a room. It triggers me bad. Where I the go. machine is strapped to a chair. There's a fucking maniac with a blowtorch, and if he wants to burn your eye out, he's gonna burn your eye out. Yeah, and I go, don't do this. You don't have to. Like, right? I like, I, I maybe I was like something happened to me as a kid or something. Like you were like, strapped to a chair and had your eye burnt. No, I. I <laughs> there were many times where I was like. Where, where, when childhood, where there was like when the neighborhood we lived oh, in. Oh, like a bully or something would yeah, hold yeah. you down? Like bullying. It yeah. really fucking kills yeah. me. I watched, uh, I watched a movie about uh, 
uh, Getty for all the money, all the money in the world. I don't know that one. Yeah, uh, John Getty, uh, Paul Getty got kidnapped. Yeah. When he was a kid, this is a good time suck. Although they just made a movie about it and they're making a TV show about it. Oh, okay, but, okay, yeah. So it's, uh, maybe you want to pass on it. But um, Paul Getty got kidnapped when they held him. And then after a while, they sold him to another guy. And then when they sold him to the other yeah. guy, they cut his ear off to send it to the grandfather. Getty oh was the God. richest man in the world. And it's like a in the scene, dog. Of the scene of the movie where they, they come in, uh, they're going to cut his ear yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. That kind of powerlessness. Yes, yes. It fucking... It, when, oh. And when you started saying that, I was like, <clears throat> I was like, if someone, Ugh. there's people out there that have the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. I, it sounds so crazy. I bought a gun recently. Oh, no, that the, isn't crazy. I have a gun. Yeah. One of the, one of the weirdest parts about having a gun is knowing full well that there's no more powerlessness. Like if someone comes into your house, right? Like home invasion, you can get to it. Fuck. If I can get before, to my gun, yep. I get to be on the, the same playing field. Right. It's a weird and I don't, my gun's not even Is fucking it? loaded, but like, right. but I, I definitely, when you do that via the Impaler stuff, I go, that was a time when powerlessness yeah. was like, that was part of the system. Right. You're like, oh right. yeah, this, they, we do get impaled every now and then. I know. It's crazy. That was like reality. Uh, uh, Salem Witch Trials. Oh, sorry. was another favorite of mine. Oh my God. Salem Witch Trials. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to do a, I, this was one of my Instagram ideas. Yeah. And it was one minute history explanations okay. of, a, of of stuff. Yeah, So yeah. I see if I could spit it out in a minute. Sure. And here was my Salem with, with trials. Okay. Three fucking millennials take fucking mushrooms. They go out in the fucking woods. They don't want to hold up to it. And their dads are like, you're doing drugs? I'm like, yeah, we're doing drugs. But it's not our fault that lady gave it to us. She's a witch. And she's like, wait, I'm not a witch. What the fuck are you talking about? And then she's like, I'm a witch, but that chick's a witch. And that chick's like, fuck it, actually, I'm a witch. What are you going to do about it? Right. And then they're like, fuck it, we'll start killing them. They started killing them like fucking left and right. It got so bad that some guy at Harvard was like, like, hey man, we can't be killing them this much. There's too many. We should really like investigate and see if they're witches. Yeah. And then they fucking, and then I forget how it ends. I, yeah, that's but awesome. But it's three fucking girls going to the woods and do right. drugs, right? Well, th they think it was um, uh, ergot poisoning, which is like, uh, basically, yeah, it, it can make, it's the same thing that makes LSD. Yeah. It's like the natural way, it's like rye, that kind of bread, like you can get this fungus <laughs> on it that can give you this, uh, it can make you, yeah, yeah, hallucinates. Yeah. It was that plus their puritanical beliefs kind of all getting mixed. mixed. A lot of religion stuff you know yeah. mixed in there too but what's crazy about that one is you know like there's been witch hunts were a huge thing in europe and stuff before they would have these trials they would allow what they called spectral evidence so some basically some kid gets sick uh and then they're like um it, it all started with false accusations actually initially salem witch trials where it was like somebody said they saw somebody do something it was just bullshit yeah and, and then this hysteria started you know getting all worked up people started like oh my god they saw so and so do this because they actually believed that witches were a thing and um and then it just you know this it just started spreading people started like well, yeah, like you said one person gets accused and they accuse somebody else to try and, and, and like, the take one black chick was like fuck yes. i'm a witch right exactly and then she but they think that like that was like a weird like a leading question like that she was like coerced into it yeah. you know and uh but what, what's crazy to have these trials they would allow what was called and this is again somebody's real life somebody would die because of this spectral evidence which meant a dream so so i could say in in trial i could say i had a dream last night that bert fucking killed my family and they would basically ask you is that true did you try to kill his family in the dream and you'd be like what no it's a dream 
but I no, it happened. It happened for sure. In my dream. Okay. All right. Guilty. Guilty of attempted murder. It's fucking crazy. Crazy. And that was like, and then and then you would get fucking taken to the gallows, and you would get hanged because I had a dream that you did some bad shit. Or or I could say like somebody could have really died, and I could I could say that I had a dream that I saw your evil presence, some evil shadow version of you hovering over the person who died in the dream, and that you killed him. And the judge would be like, "Sounds good to me." Next case, <laughs> put, put, fucking a, put a fucking get a rope around his neck, and yeah, it was just insanity and just hysteria. They just started getting worked up, and pretty soon everybody's getting accused, and it just became a whole thing where you would try to accuse somebody else before they accused you, essentially. Yeah, because then it was either like they're gonna get hanged or you're gonna get hanged. Well, I started researching the witch trials because of the Me Too thing because they were like, oh. they were like, you know, this is a, these are what witch trials were, right? And I looked at it, and I was like. Yeah, but like it is a little bit, but it's not, like there people are guilty of some stuff. Sure, like, sure. So I was like, it's it's different. It's, where the witches like, weren't guilty of the anything. Witches weren't. It was it yeah. was just a witch trial. Yep. It's very Nonsense. different than like yeah, I did grope a girl on MTV once. Right, you right, know? right. I mean, I think that there there is a parallel that that me too thing though. Where then um, what's so sad is like let's say there's ten accusations and then like eight of them are legit sadly there is another two people who are just a little mentally unstable and maybe have some like real shit going on and are just like f- fame mongers and want their name out in the lights but no even matter what it costs that, even saying so, that oh, the, the Hollywood liberal feminists Right. We're, we're saying that that right. doesn't exist. That, which is such, that which that is not logical. Exist. Which is not logical. Believe all women. That was it. Believe all women. Oh, oh my like, God. That's idiotic. You can't idiotic. fucking say that. That's the dumbest yep. thing I've ever yep. fucking heard. Extremism is fucking ridiculous. That's what, on times like that's, that's been a big like thing that people constantly write in about, which makes me want to do a better job of it always going forward, is to take a logical, neutral stance and not just pander to conservatives <laughs> or liberals yeah. because they're, they're both fucking ridiculous. You did that. You, that was what I, that is the, the reason I loved your podcast was that I li- I listened to Gun Control. Oh yeah, and I ex- what I expected to hear from you was, was liberal, right? What's what's yeah, but it's, it's what I saw this guy on fucking Twitter yesterday. I want to fucking remember who it is because I want to shame him. <laughs> but he was a fucking he's a celebrity. Uh, he's he must be doing a movie or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, I'll shame him. I don't give a fuck. He was in. Um, Eastbound and Down. He was the Russian guy. Okay, okay. I, I don't know that actor's he's name. He's actually been in a. He's actually a yeah. really good actor. Yeah. But and I, and then he he just quote tweeted Donald Trump. Right. He's like, Are you, fucking enough already, man. You're out of your fucking mind. This fucking bullshit. And part of me was like, you got a lot of big balls throwing. Uh, rocks into the ocean. Like, you right. know that no one's going to give a fuck right. if you slam Donald Trump. Right. Say right. something that, and I understand yeah. that that's your viewpoint also. Right. But realize you're one of a million people. You don't yeah. actually yeah. need to send that tweet out. No one really gives a fuck. It's, uh, what's it called when not gaslighting, it's um, virtue signaling. I don't know that. Virtue term. signaling. Mark Maron introduced it, me to the term. Yeah. Virtue, virtue signaling, signaling is virtue signaling is me going. Uh, doing what that guy did is, oh. is being like me get online and go I don't know about you guys but I'm I'm ah. sick of this Trump administration it's cheerleading yeah it's it's yeah. it's letting everyone know like uh, virtue signaling virtue signaling I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up the exact That's, definition no but that uh, but, because it's it yeah. really is I really hate this fucking computer <laughs> I, I can't tell you how much I fucking hate this computer By it the looks way, beautiful I have a I have a 
a solo podcast I do, and I started doing it right before I listened to Time Suck. Yeah. And so you were on my, probably my second episode or my first episode where it was. Oh yeah, and thank you for right. for mentioning it, man. I mean that that. Uh, yeah, got me a, just that got me a lot of new listeners. No, I I think that we all it's not done enough where we support good podcasts. Like everyone's like this it would be virtue signaling if I was like, yeah, Bill Burr's got a great podcast cuz everyone on here's like, yeah, we fucking know, asshole. <laughs> like we get it, you're friends with Bill Burr. Right. Virtue okay, signaling okay. is the action or practice of publicly expressing opinions or sentiment intended to demonstrate one's good character or the moral correctness of one's position on a political or a particular uh, issue. So like when so sexual harassment is wrong. It's like, yeah, we fucking yeah, we know. We know that fuckface. Yeah. And so I saw this guy and I and I like this guy as an actor, yeah. so I checked out his Twitter yeah. and it's just him virtue signaling Nothing through me. the entire thing. You're like, hey man, we none of us like Trump. Right. Like right. we get that. Yeah. But I don't spend my t- and and it's kind of the point now where it's like and there's people like Rhea Butcher is aggressive on her political stances, but she says shit that's on the fence that can even piss off liberals. That's right. not virtue signaling. Yeah. But she says, I don't identify I, I don't identify on a binary sexuality scale right, right. because I've always been called sir my whole fucking life right. so understand that I don't I like that's not virtue yeah. signaling yeah 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 but yeah, then you look at some people and you're like come on man we get it well and it is it's such a ridiculous cultural thing right now where it's like everybody it's like they've made their they've okay I'm on the left camp I'm on the right camp and then you just pander 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 to their camp and, and they usually do that by shitting on the other side yeah and it's like like yeah I get mad about the Trump things too where it's like uh is he my favorite president ever like by the way by the way I, I'll, 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 like I'll the do the cut. opposite of virtue signaling yeah fucking North Korea's uh halted all nuclear arms and okay and has signed a, is signing a treaty with South Korea and you gotta give and you gotta give him some credit for that you then, right? gotta yeah. give Donald yep. Trump yep, fucking exactly. credit the economy's yep. at the all time best right you exactly. gotta give him fucking credit oh like for for, for my taxes and stuff on the, as a small business owner which is essentially you know obviously what we are yeah uh, gonna be benefit greatly from that kind of stuff and so Dude. when people are like he's a fucking idiot it's like look I get that you might not like him but no he's not He's yeah. not an idiot. By the way, he's the president of the fucking country, and he didn't right. get there as an idiot. Exactly. He, he is not an idiot. And by the way- Like, he's very intelligent. And that's the difference that- Here's the problem right. that I get with a lot of, like, like and I, not to slam Schumer in this fucking episode, right. but I will go back to her, because I had a friend who was at that Tampa show, that Florida show, where she started singling out Trump supporters oh. and kicked them out of her show. Which and is, I go, what does that I accomplish? What is, nothing. And you know what? Yeah. There's a lot of really great people in this country mm-hmm. that support the guy and believe in him. Yeah, my and, neighbor back in Idaho, awesome dude, give you the shirt off his back, help yeah. you. This guy, Jim, older guy, really solid dude, loves Rush Limbaugh and Trump, loves him, loves him, loves him. I don't have to less necessarily love those same two things, but I love Jim and he has a lot of, I have a lot of conservative listeners like am I, and they're awesome people. It's like, there's this weird thing, this logic fallacy people have now where it's like, if they don't line up with somebody politically a hundred percent and it's like, they can't be friends or they can't respect it. It's like, fuck you. You, you, you're, you're discounting so, so much greatness in that person because you don't like this one thing. What if they're uh, a farmer? What if like, you know, there are certain uh, uh, jobs and stuff like that, that they needed Trump policies to keep their business going yeah. but they're a piece of shit for wanting to like have their livelihood it's fucking ridiculous and, and one of the things I say hang on let me turn this oh that AC, AC thing yeah this. fuck I'm freezing my ass off <laughs> turning off you gotta you gotta get your shadow succubus over here I just turned it off heat you up um, 
one of the things that I, that I know I would go back to the compliment to you is that I list I the first episode of Time Suck I did was gun control. You're gonna hit your head. Up. Sorry, it's making me so nervous. Um, was gun control, and um, and I and at the time I didn't know anything about. I, I really didn't know anything about gun control. I didn't know anything right. about guns. I shot yeah. guns before. I'd had fun yeah. with them. Yeah, <clears throat> I was always at like a trap range. Shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did trap shooting. Yeah, it's fun. And um. And I didn't have a problem with guns. And then, you know, the shooting happened. And then yeah. this kid, David Hogg, goes out. And my, I, I don't have a problem with this David Hogg kid or him. He survived something very traumatic. Right, I, I don't, right. I'm not going to attack a child. I'm not going to yep. go after the way Laura Ingram did yep. with him not getting into college. That's a moment where you're right. like, fuck, man, I can get in the schools I wanted to go to. Yeah. And the kid's got great grades. He deserves to be upset. What bothered me, I identified with, was the fact that he was allowed to have opinion in front of his dad. Like, I was never allowed to have an opinion in front of my dad. <laughs> and so it triggered something in me where I was like, where I was like, fuck, man, how come my, his dad's not telling me to shut the fuck up? Right, like, right. That's what my dad would have done. So I didn't know anything about gun control. So I listened to your podcast, and it was a fair and balanced view of gun control. Yeah, and I, I really tried to you know show both sides of the argument because, I mean, what I don't like is and what's happening right now with the gun thing. It's like all of a sudden because look, I, I support kids doing their walkouts. I support yeah. them being passionate about uh, you know coming into themselves as far as having political opinions. I, I, I support their desire to have less violence. All of that obviously, but then all of a sudden it becomes this thing where it's like then you feel scared to say that you want to get a new gun because somehow now that equates to you like wanting kids to be killed. And it's like no, not at all, not at all, not at all. It's like you know I live in a place where it's like you know. Uh, they're, 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 I know there's statistics that you know, like home invasions generally aren't defended by guns, but those are thwarted, as I pointed out in that episode, because how many times no one necessarily fired, but the presence or somebody saying I have a gun, how many times did that make people go away? And and there's some and there there's just there's solid arguments on both sides. There's countries that have taken away you know quote unquote assault rifles, which there's a whole argument there, and 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 have had murder rates for sure lower. There's other places where it doesn't seem to make overall murder rates statistically that significant of a difference. And what I just kept coming back to in that article, which is I get frustrated that people don't talk about. It's like uh, in our country specifically, these rifles like the AR-15 and variants of they've been around since the 60s, been very prevalent. There was rifles before those that were the equivalent as far as capability of mass death. Why weren't those things happening statistically like they are now in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 50s, in the 40s? Very, very rare. So to me, that's a clear indication that there's something going on culturally that is making people want to fucking light up a school. And it's like, yes, they have weapons maybe they shouldn't be able to access so easily to do that. But now we're addressing the symptom, not the problem. Why? It, I think a lot of it is is culturally, like the the news, how it's just you know they they talk about these kids, they make them famous, yeah. they talk about them all the time in a way that like I joked about that podcast. I'm like, why can't we lie about these criminals and be like uh, be like, hey oh man, you know like so and so is caught with his school. Now a lot of people don't know this, but he's uh, had a prior record of fucking puppies you, and uh, and raping toddlers. You know, like just make him the worst shittiest person ever. I have been fucking around with that idea as a premise oh, yeah. only because I heard it on your podcast. Dude. I'm certain I did. I'm dude, certain I did and I dude. was drunk. No, 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 no. But I'm I've not doing playing, it on stage, No, man. no, but I've been playing around with yeah. that as a premise yeah. Of, yeah. Like, of like, we should change the dialogue after the shooting right. to shame this person. Yeah. So everyone's like, I don't want everyone to... Because like one of the things after <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. was um, guy killed himself and immediately everyone in the fraternity was like, oh, he must be gay. Like... 
obviously that's the only reason you kill yourself is you're gay. That's I mean, by the way, this is nineteen. Sure, sure, sure. Different so era, different. Yeah, time. yeah, 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 yeah. And and it wasn't. And so everyone's like, oh my god, I can't believe he was gay, and right. that came out and changes so, the narrative. Yeah. Another guy killed himself, and we're like, oh my god, were they fucking each other? Like, oh my God, like they must have been gay. Let me tell you something. Suicide stopped at immediately. No one in our fraternity was going to kill themselves. So like, fuck that. I don't want everyone to think I was gay. I just didn't like my dad. <laughs> right. But but, but, it, but it is a real thing where it's like these kids, they're made into these weird like folk heroes sometimes in a weird way. Yeah. You know, and then the narrative becomes like they were picked on like the Columbine or whatever. Like, no, fuck all that. If that person chose to go light up a school, make them the biggest piece of shit, you know, doctor photographs, put those online that shows them like fucking finger banging a cat or did whatever. You ever, or, you know. Did you ever see, did you ever research or read anything about the bully, the Columbine bully? No. The guy that That's they, been a, uh, people have been wanting me to do Columbine forever, but it's like. Dude, I'm telling you. Columbine bully. So he's, what, just the kid who picked on the two kids the who shot guy, up. Who is responsible for bullying Dylan and Aaron? Is he still alive? Yeah. Oh, so the guy that got them so worked up actually didn't get killed? No. And he, I think he tried to get into MMA, but ultimately uh. his life was ruined because everyone blamed him oh, no. for bullying those two guys. So instead of those two guys being fucking lunatics, right. this guy, everyone's like, you're the reason Columbine happened. That, that, which is fucking terrible. It's like, not that it's cool to be a bully, but A, he was a kid. Yeah. You know, uh, I had definitely have some childhood moments I'm not proud of. Oh, I didn't you know? realize I was a bully. And right. then I start bullying people and my wife sees it and she's like, fucking stop. Uh, and I go, I don't, it's natural. It's a yeah. natural instinct. Like, uh, <clears throat> I found, I, f I, f I found out, like, this is going to sound really fucked up. One of my friends is Vietnamese. She told me, um, Asians have a hard time keeping sunglasses on their face. Are you being serious? Being serious? I've never heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, it's, we have a hard time finding sunglasses. We can't just put on any pair of sunglasses. It needs to be the kind with the, like, a lot of Ray-Bans will just, that those don't work. Because of the shape of their face or something? Because their face is not ent entirely as... Uh, it's not as angular. Angular. There we go. Okay. Without me saying, sounding racist. It's not as angular as the Anglo-Saxon face. Okay, okay. So sometimes they make sunglasses for Anglo-Saxons. And right. when you're Asian, and this is what she told me, when you're Asian... Uh, is sometimes it's not as easy sure. as a white guy. Okay. So I get this fucking information and I can't fucking let go of it. And I, I'm, I like, and this is what's wrong with me is I, is I, I'm like, there's gonna be a bit like I. Sure. So sure. I start working it and working it. Yeah. And then one night we're at dinner and I'm still talking about it. And my wife's like, "Fucking stop! You're bullying her." Like, and I'm like, "What?" She's like, "Let go of it. It's." She told you a fact. Drop it. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, you keep talking about it and making fun of it. Right. You're, you're basically saying she has a flat face. Like, stop. <laughs> and I'm like, am I? And right. she's like, yeah, you definitely are. And I'm like, am I really insane? He's like, oh, a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like enough. And I was like, oh, because in my yeah. head, if it's funny to me, I just start milking sure. it. Well, and that's just being a comic, too. And it's like, like I am not. I, I've talked about it's funny I, I was trying to do a pro bully bit a couple years ago and I think my manager was like Chris Rock did something similar so I was like fuck okay I'll drop it but um, 
But it is funny that culture we live in today too, though, where it's like, okay, so somebody has a flat face, who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. We all have our stuff. It, it is weird how weirdly sensitive culture everybody is right now. Where it's like, oh come on, it's like dude. what no one's supposed to be. Okay, let's just get rid of comedy. Let's get rid of all comedy. Dude, it is gotten and, and so bad. Let's have compliment clubs. Let's not even have comedy clubs. Let's just have a club where someone just goes up on stage, like, hey, you're great, man. I love your shirt. Hey, man, you are super handsome. I bet you're a really smart person, and do that for an hour. How fucking fun is that going to be? Yeah. But it's like, is that we're going to be? If that slippery slope where you can't make fun of this, well, then this next thing right below it, it's, it's almost as bad. So you better stop making fun of that. Well, then, and then you could even get to like no more self deprecating because, you know, you might make, be making fun of yourself for some weight you don't care for, but that could also make somebody else bad who looks similar to you. And now you're vicariously making fun of them. It's like, God damn it. Uh, it's, it's really interesting because. There are people who will defend any joke. There are fans yes. that do that, and sometimes, like I, I had this, I used to have this joke about. Um, I, don't know if I forget how it went. It was on my first special, and it was like uh, I was trying to get a blowjob from my wife. You know, <laughs> you know what they hate when you grab them by the back of the head and you try to. F- Push, I don't forget yeah, it. Yeah. And then I, the joke was, I tried the sensitive approach <laughs> where you slide it in her mouth while she's sleeping, and uh, and I was like, oh, the sensitive approach. I go, I, I, forget, I go, she freaked out. I just had to be like, Shh, you're dreaming, you're you're snorkeling in the keys, feel the fish bouncing off your chin, and so. I told that in New York, and by the way, it was like a throwaway joke. I, I mean, I, sure, okay, I'd already yeah. done it, but I told it yeah. in New York just in the moment, and this girl comes oh, up no. to me and fucking lights me up after the show, and she's like, <sighs> you raped your wife. And I went, excuse me? She goes, you raped your wife. That's a rape joke. You're rape, You're making fun of rape. And I went, no, and, and these, these other women were like, mm. fuck off, you bitch. It's a fucking joke. Learn how to take a fucking joke. Right. And in my head, I'm like, I'm in the middle of this realizing yeah. this woman clearly was sexually assaulted. Right. Uh, she probably did get a dick forced into her mouth at right. one point. Right. Under very different circumstances. Under very different circumstances. Yeah. It wasn't funny to her. Right. And me saying sure. that the idea of forcing a dick in a woman's mouth is traumatizing her. It's fucking. And part of me is like, I, I never could enjoy the joke yeah. again. Sure. Because I, all I could think was there's one person in here that's like, uh, the dick was forced in my mouth and now everyone's thinking that's right. funny and it was not funny. Like, and so there is it, a weird... But it weird... is so tough though because other people like it. Like, I, I had a joke <laughs> off my first CD about how you should... I think the joke was really... kind of Again, kind of a quick one. It was a little joke where I said, um, I saw a grown man eating ice cream out of the out of a cone the other day and I about threw up in the street. And then, and then I said... <laughs> And I'm like, the only way you should be able to eat ice cream off of a cone is if you're a hot girl on roller skates or you're a dude with one arm. Yeah. Because I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's a great fucking because, joke. Because I'm like, I'm not gonna fucking be an asshole and make you push it around on the table hour yeah. after hour if while it melts with, with your one arm. That's a great joke. Well, okay, so yeah, it's a silly little joke. But then yeah. one night I was in um, Apple, Appleton, Wisconsin, at the uh, com, uh, whatever that Skyline Comedy Club, and I do that joke. And I see uh, it was a it wasn't a dude, but it was this lady with one arm, and she walks out of the show as I'm selling my CD, so sad, and just looks at me and just shakes her head, and it's like I knew in my heart that that joke like bothered her, right? But in the years since, because it's out there, I can't take it back. I have had other people message me with one arm people uh, holding their ice cream cone, being like, "You're right," or saying something silly about it. Yeah, and they're having fun. I, I had another one that was a, a pushing. <laughs> 
This is the whole about pushing blind people off a cliff. It was some ridiculous joke. Just leave it there. I just, I think that's a, I don't know what the premise is, but I already like the joke because right. it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, it, the joke was something about taking people to the Grand, a blind person telling them I'm taking them to the Grand Canyon, building it up, this huge spectacle, and it's actually just like a little drop off of a few feet, and then I fucking push them off. Oh, I thought you said pushing black people off a cliff. Oh, no, 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 blind. <laughs> oh, it was better with black people. <laughs> but I would. <laughs> <laughs> pushing black people off a cliff. Ah, you just take it to oh. black people to a cliff. Oh, oh God, that I'm is hilarious. That is hilarious. I'm about to pass out. Oh my God. <laughs> but, I, but I would have blind people show I up. Thought you shows. said pushing black people off. A, I had a bit about pushing black people off a cliff, and I just was like, "Oh so my God, absurd. how do you get there?" Like uh, yeah. I was trying to oh, do the trying math. to pit, like how the premise that I, leads I'm to. Like, well, I don't even want to know anymore because now I want to figure out the joke. And then you're like, "Blind people, okay, keep going." <laughs> but I would have some people like were like so offended, but I would also have. At, I was doing college at that time. I had uh, several times blind couples come wanting to hear that exact joke. They thought it was hilarious, and it just that thing of like if you start catering to like you know one person being offended then you just have to get rid of everything because anything could potentially offend someone and and I have plenty of jokes like you know we're talking like what quote unquote like rape jokes or whatever that people have done I just look at it like I would defend to the death the right for free speech because it's yeah. what our livelihood depends on. Yeah. And it's like, but I don't have to like the joke. So if you don't like a joke, I don't understand when people like want to go make you stop doing it. It's like, then just don't follow that comic. Yeah. Then don't go to that show. He's not for you. He's not for you. It's like on iTunes when um, I feel so bad, like a band's uh, album will come out. It's pre-order. It's not even out yet. And there'll be a bunch of one-star reviews of, they're the worst fucking band ever. Fucking don't listen. They're suck. They're shit. You're such a piece of shit. Like, or you could just not do that yeah. and not listen and let the people who do like them fucking like them. Dude, I, I mean, Segura went through this aggressively with oh. his last Netflix special. Oh, the the Cajun, uh, the build, are you talking not about that? Even, well, that was one. That was one of the things. Oh, I don't I don't know. Like, what, that was, it, he said the word, uh, he made fun of uh, retarded people. Retarded. He, said oh, he the used word that retarded. word, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking, by the way, I, in me trying to, to non- Shalantly talk about it. Right. I just he made fun of retarded people. I just did what is much worse than what he did. And they were black, and he was pushing them off a cliff. Yeah, and um, it. I heard it on Rogan. He had, I think he said this on Rogan. I'm not certain. Yeah. I hope he didn't say it to me privately. <laughs> Let's just stop because I don't know what he okay, said on okay, Rogan okay, or okay, not. Okay, okay, okay. But he, people signed a petition, and it was like, and it was. Oh, I did hear about this and stuff like that. Yeah, like a like t t a petition to have his special removed from Netflix. Yeah, I yeah, did yeah. hear about that. Yeah. Yes, yes. Did you yes. hear how many people it was? I don't. I, 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 I don't remember the number, but I remember like people were astounding. very astounding. Oh, really? It was a lot of people. It was astounding, and it was like I think I heard about it from his Instagram feed actually. Yeah, I think. and it was a, it was a petition going around, and it was amazing to me. But what it did in effect was it really draw drew more people to his comedy. Right. Like right. more people came to his comedy. Yeah. I have a joke right now that I'm. I told last night for the, f I've told it maybe like three times. Okay. Um, and it's the funniest thing that's ever happened to me. Okay. It's the funniest thing that ever happened to me, but it is, it is unquestionably going to offend people. Okay. Like I understand that. Right. And I, part of me says, what's my job? Like, is my job, like one of the things when, when someone 
saw my like, the special I just put out, and they're like, right. you know what's great about your special is it doesn't really make fun of anybody. You're just talking about yourself, right? And I was like, I was like, oh, I didn't really think about that. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. Wasn't, when you it write, wasn't an intentional thing. It was just how it worked out. Yeah, and I, by the way, I offended people. A lot of people are offended the way I talk about my kids, like are really offended. And I'm like, fuck you, they're my kids. Right, right. Like. I, I'm, I'm fucking paying for their dental bills by the special. <laughs> right, right, I'll right. say whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. And they're like, no, it's just you just talking about yourself. You don't really like go out and you're not trying to like offend people or. And I was like, oh, that is kind of a neat thing. And then yeah. this special I'm doing, the work special I'm working on now, the one I'm has more attacking kind of premises. No, yeah. but it's like, I mean, I'm I'm I'm. I'm doing everything that I didn't do on the last. Right. First of all, it's and it's not even the comedy I like doing, but it's like I like telling stories about myself. Sure, I love stories. I love a good story. Yeah, but now it's like I, I don't want to tell it on this because I don't want people yeah, yeah, to yeah, know yeah. it. But you have it's like, like opinionated like, social things, opinions on different things. Well, yeah. I talk about buying a gun. And, okay, and yeah, it's been killing on the road. Right, but when I go to L.A. next week and do it yeah. Tuesday night, right, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, like we'll see how it does. So. Part of me is like, you know, I don't even know, like, I don't even know what the job is anymore. Like, right. I, I know the job is to make people laugh, but then I, mean, I had this joke that was inarguably racist. I didn't know it. Right. I didn't understand how offensive it was. I had told it on a podcast. It got a big laugh in the podcast because everyone was drunk and high. Right. And they were saying how inappropriate the joke was. And I was like, oh, let me try it on the road. So I tried it on the road and it did not get a laugh at all. Okay. And a black chick walked out and looked at me and just kind of was like, I was fucked up. And I was like, what? She's like, it was a great show. But that one joke was fucked up. And I was oh. like, I was like, Ugh. but it was an innocent mistake. Like you just didn't realize. I yeah, didn't, I didn't think. By the way, I I really think, I mean, I really think there is part of this that is real. Like I I think I'm pointing out something that maybe is so subconscious in people, right? That like I like, recognize like it's, like, this. like it's too much truth because it's like what do they say with comedy? Like, it has to be like that just that just off of the total truth, you know? Because sometimes yeah. when it's too honest. Yeah, it people, was like yeah. And the, the, I mean, the premise was, is innocuous enough. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'll tell you the premise, but the yeah, premise yeah. was, um, and it, and I've done it in crowd work and it's worked. Right. And it's the premise that I, I, I didn't, I didn't know if I could date a black chick because I don't know if I could do black shit all day, every day. Like I didn't know if, like, right, right. if I came home and she was watching Wendy Williams, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Now I gotta watch Wendy Williams. Like that was the premise. Okay, okay. It was, it, but what I what I was saying, and I didn't realize this, yeah. was I was saying I don't like black women. Oh, it came across that. That's what it was. Yeah, I, that's yeah, not what yeah, I yeah, meant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My me, my joke right. was trying to say like my joke was trying to be at the point of like, and I've done this properly in crowd work where yeah. you say to a guy that an interracial couple. I go, you ever catch him doing white shit? And you're like, oh, I don't want to do that shit. It works well when you do it back that to way. the white way. But if you And then it. they go, fuck yes. And you're like, really? And it's always a black woman. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God. If right. I have to have more fucking mayonnaise on shit. And right. everyone laughs, right? Right. Oh, I fucking hate cough. Oh my God. Everyone's fucking yeah. laughing. Yeah. When you catch him doing white shit. Oh, I don't. He, we got in the car and he put on fish. Have you ever heard this shit? And, right, and, right. And it kills. Yeah. But if you do it the opposite way, yeah. it's racist. The 
and, and that that has always uh, bothered me too with this like this double standard where it is a weird thing. Uh, there's a show on Netflix, Dear White People, that's brilliantly written that addresses this in one of the episodes. Brilliantly, it just breaks down like racism from very most of the cast is black, but there's also some white, <laughs> and it just shows like how racism is perceived. Certain same situation by various perspectives yeah and they have this one thing where this white character is just getting shit on and he basically like lightly kind of gives it back and it's like a record scratch moment and it's like this whole thing of like uh-uh you don't get to do this yeah and he kind of like just pushes the but, but why you do this to me you do this and it really like makes it like uh, brings awareness to that because that is a weird thing where it's like to me racism can go well for sure it just can go in any direction it can go white black black white you know um like one isn't worse than the other. And what I always hate is like, if somebody has been a victim of racism, well then why do you think it's okay to then be racist yourself in a different direction? Like you of all people yeah. should know how much it hurts and so, and, and like not want to do that. And there was this weird thing. It's like, if it's not okay to do in one direction, then it's not okay to do in the other. Oh, in, in a logical, you know, from a logical perspective. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it, it blows my mind because my most racist friends are people of color. Oh, right, right. And then they say something fucked up to you. Yeah. And as a white guy, you have to co-sign it. But part of you is like, I wouldn't do this. If this is a white guy doing right. this to me, I'd be like, hey, bro, like, lighten up. Right, like, right. I'd say something, but because you're a person of color, I get, you get to light up yeah. Asians. Right. I'm like, hey, man, I, if, if you started like destroying yeah. Asian people, right. I, I'd hear what you're saying, but I'd, I'd also call you on your bullshit and go like, First of all, you're inaccurate. Yep. You know, but I, I've done that a few times with like some like black comics in a green room, like with like just something from Idaho and I'm white and, and, and I would just be like, oh, so, okay. So because I'm white, I wouldn't get that. That's, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Because of what? Because I'm some fucking country bumpkin idiot. <laughs> and, and it does make him feel like really stupid after that. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man. Like, like, yeah, I, I fucking listened to Eazy-E growing up. I did this. You know, I'm not yeah. claiming to understand certain cultural things of interstate. Like, I'm not making that claim. Yeah. But what? But I can't like this band. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Well, yeah. That's nonsense. It's, it's, uh, it's infuriating as a comic. Like, because you go, you know, there's shit I'd like to talk about also, but right. I can't. And then you, a part of you goes like, yeah. "Hey man, maybe I'll just go write for a, a black comic and to get it out of your system, and like just you. fucking give him material that would destroy right. the room, right? Like just go, yep. hey man, you're 18, yep. you got a fresh young face. Let me tell you what you should be saying. Yeah, yeah. And like, but because <sighs> because they're, they've got a, they get a pass that we don't get. But well, understandably, yeah. like I'm not I'm not right, complaining right, about right, being right, a white right, guy. Right, I'm not right. Like me either. I'm yeah. fine. I'm fine with whatever hurdles I have to pass. Look, <laughs> I, I'm yeah. I'm fucking spiraling. But, but what we were privilege. saying, like earlier, like the, with the Segura thing, it is sad when it's like I hate when people act like you can't make a joke that references this subject ever yeah we're just closing that off forever because that is bullshit it's like that whole like I, my philosophy is like you know you can laugh or cry about life you can choose to look at the pain or you can make fun of it and, and take that kind of attitude and just and if you're gonna make fun of it then make fun of everything and it's like that whole like uh uh i have a i don't know what i want to say now because i don't want to like we we're talking earlier about people in your real life yeah but i've i've known people who they used to make fun of everything. This is probably the most delicate way I can say it. They used to make fun of everything. Then their personal life changed. And suddenly, because of their personal life, this whole quadrant of material is no longer okay. Yep. But I'm like, no, dude, you've now become the person you is didn't person used to comic? like. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, fuck. And, and it's just like, get the fuck out of here with that. And like, um, and then and then with what we're talking about, Segura, like you're talking about not doing material. 
I think you can do a joke about anything. If people will get over the buzzword shutting them down and listen to the joke, they'll realize it's not actually insulting. And when you're talking about the mentally handicapped, there is a joke premise I've sat on for 15 years. Me and another comic walked into a UPS center and saw the same dude. Joked about it in the car afterwards. Neither one of us have ever done it on stage. No, I think I tried it on stage once and the audience got so uncomfortable. But it was, all the joke was, and I don't think this is mean at all. It's just um, reality, but I, I, I bet I would get crucified on stage sometimes, but I'll, I will say it here. We went, into a, <laughs> we went into a UPS center and the guy working there, the manager, looked exactly like he had Down syndrome, but didn't. Yeah. He, he couldn't have looked, if you saw him and no one would bat an eye if it was a Special Olympics 100 meter dash he was lined up yeah. you'd be like oh man good for him was not at all he just happened to have that very signature kind of look yeah. and so we just talked about how frustrating his life must be where people are constantly like oh good for you buddy Yeah, you're doing I don't have it Yeah, <laughs> I don't have it like, like constantly throughout like you're doing really well I'm, yeah. I have a fucking master's degree <laughs> Yeah. I have an MBA. I, look, I just have a very big forehead. Yeah, I know exactly. That's exactly. hilarious. But it's like, yeah. what a what a weird life he must lead because, I mean, looks identical, to, yeah. but but doesn't. I mean, you could talk into him. And the thing about a joke is <sighs> is that you, in order to get it to work, you got to work it so many times on the right, stage exactly. and let it fail. But when you do have something that could be construed as offensive, I know, when, you when first it fails, it, mm. when it fails, it's like, Fucking, I am not touching that again. I know, I know. It's so, yep, yep, exactly. Yeah, that one about... So uncomfortable. The joke I had was that... It sounds horrible, but like about not dating a black chick. Yeah. I watched a movie and the, uh, called Good Hair, and they were talking about black women's hair. Right. And the idea is you don't ever touch a black woman's hair. Like, don't ever touch a black woman's hair. Okay. And you can't just throw a black woman in a pool because if, if you fuck her hair up, that'll really fuck her hair up. Right. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, I'll never be able to hit a black chick. Because you like, want to be able to throw... I, I can't have a woman where there is a rule like, no throwing me in the pool. Like, I was like, no, if I'm married... <laughs> that's silly. That's yeah, funny. Yeah. yeah. But, and I was like, but it got misconstrued as black yeah. people can't swim. And then oh. everyone's, and everyone's like, huh? And I'm like... Oh, fuck, that's not what I meant, but I'm still trying to like, and now I'm like in a yeah. hole and I'm trying to yep. work it out. Like, come on, yep. you know what I mean? Yep. And it just came out weird. But it's so funny when I did it to the black guy, the white guy with the right. black chick, it murdered. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, okay, so then I've got to punch down on white people yeah. to make this joke work because that doesn't seem fair. Right, right. And the joke I have is a story, the one that I'm working on that I told yeah. last night that did well. Yeah. But I did think, I do think that it changed the energy of the room. Like, I feel like... I know I know what you're saying. Those, those bits where it's like, it works, but now it can be tough to follow in a certain way because it's it like puts everybody in a like, different mental place. Everyone's like, woo, I guess we're going to be going there. We're, right, we're, right. Like, if I do it, it's got to be a closing. It's, it'll be what yeah, I close yeah, my yeah, next yeah, special yeah. on. Cool, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't know how we got on this. <laughs> it all started with uh, the Segura stuff about how like and, and, and about how like there's just it sucks that there are certain things you're not supposed to like talk about anymore or how much you know backlash there can be over it actually it started before that with the gun uh, control gun control we were talking yep. about gun control yep. and that's what I liked about it because uh, because of, I listened to that and then I thought I was like yeah I don't know anything about gun control and then I decided to go out and buy a gun I was wow. like I'm gonna see if I can I'm gonna see yeah I'm gonna and I was like and also part of me goes when I write a bit yeah I don't like I'm not gonna out Bill 
Burr, Bill Burr. Right, I, I know what you're saying. Like, yeah. so if I'm not going to do a bit on gun control that's going to compete with whatever he's fucking ever going to do. So for me, yeah. my experience needs to be singular. Like, I need to go. Yeah, I, I, and yeah. I yeah. need to do it. And right. I need to milk the event for me and then write about my experience with said event. Right. So I don't really have a stance on gun control. But I think after hearing my bit, I think there will be a lot of people being like, not everyone should have guns. Like, right, right. I, you know, and I did, I did a bit about on the the Don't Wake the Bear special I had about uh, gun control, and that's kind of same thing. It's like I'm not going to compete with certain like a Chris Rock or whatever when they're yeah. talking about it, but I just like in a dark, surreal way had fun with. I, I was just examining the concept of like maybe blatantly mentally ill people shouldn't be able to access guns easily. Yeah, like I just well, I, I made it about like that angle, and then I just made it this weird surreal thing where I ended up having a fucking dead squirrel as a puppet on my on a Ferris wheel, and then the dead squirrel had a dead chipmunk. Like it just became like yeah. an excuse to do a surreal macabre yeah. imagery. But yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting to me because um because you I, I see so many people not in this business not taking the approach of going how do i approach this differently than everyone else right right like so many people just go i'm going to talk about whatever like yeah it's one of the things i admire in ari is that he is like he is hardcore doing his own fucking thing he's yeah. doing a full hour about being jewish yeah like yeah. a full fucking hour and I was like, and he did one about not having kids or having kids. Right, and right, like, right. Yeah. He's just doing full thematic hours. I think it's really cool. It's very yeah. different. Yeah. <clears throat> Makes it very tough to go up at the store and just oh, talk bet. about the one thing. It, dude, right. The store is, is the real challenge because when you really try to find your own voice, when you go to the store, I don't think sometimes that, I think sometimes those audiences want to just hear like, they want to see crowd work. They want to, they want power. Right, and right, so right. It's, I'm doing two, three sites there this week. Cool. I should probably more, probably like six, but, and I'm, and I'm taking my new stuff up and I'm going to see how it works, but <laughs> fucking buckle down bitches. Um, but yeah, I, I, I started my podcast because of right after, right up, right when I started listening to yours. Oh wow. Okay. I started my new podcast yeah. where I just talk about all the tabs that I've opened on my computer throughout the weekend. <laughs> right, right, so I right. I leave them all open and then I yeah. go and I just click through tabs. And I tell you the thing I've learned about it. That's I used, awesome. I yeah. used to do it as a game uh, yeah. on on my podcast where I would give someone my phone yeah. and I'd open up all the browsers on my on my phone of my Safari browsers and they'd scroll through and they'd be like, uh, what about genital warts? And I was like, oh, uh, that, that I was a friend. A, sure, yeah. sure. And so like, I would tell the story of whatever I had Googled because yeah, you yeah, learn yeah. these little fucking nuggets throughout a weekend. Yep, yep. And what was happening was I had gotten obsessed with Ruby Ridge. Okay, yeah. Randy and, Weaver. And I and I had Googled it and then, you know, as it, yeah. as it spirals out, you go Ruby Ridge and you're like, oh, easily that translates very quickly to David Koresh and the and the bomber And Timothy McVeigh. Timothy yeah, all it's that like stuff a, is related. Yeah, and so yeah. I was like, whoa. Well, that became like a huge <laughs> argument, which I, I did bring up in Koresh. You know, it's funny how like people will spin things where uh, they'll make this argument about like they turn the the U.S. government into this oppressive military force and they'll use that as like and that's why we have to be able to have rights to certain things because the government just tries to fucking push people around and then you know they killed him really because of this and that and it's like people made that uh, David Koresh Waco compound siege they made it this thing of religious freedom versus uh, a tyrannical government and a government trying to like squash individual rights and they're like but we were founded on religious freedom why can't you just let them do what they want 
Well, the reason you can't let him do what they want is because he was fucking kids. That's what gets left out was of that, that argument. What, was that what was happening? Correct. She was fucking kids. That's why you can't just let them like live their religious life. Yeah. He had a bunch of child brides as young as like 12, 13 years old, where it's like, and then they would try and be like, yeah, but it was the culture of Texas. No, fuck that. Fuck that. No, he was a fucking pedophile. Yeah. You know, like that. And that's why they absolutely had the rights to go in there and fuck it. And then, and then he chose to make it a standoff. He could have surrendered. He yeah. could have walked out and it's like, you know, like, well, maybe they would have killed him. All right, well, maybe they would have. But he but he chose to put the, the lives of everyone in his compound like at risk. He was a fucking maniac. Yeah. And then people try to, uh, oh my God. David Koresh was a maniac. The fucking Ruby Ridge guy. And I know he's a white supremacist. But kind of, kind he, of. He wasn't really a white supremacist. He, the people, the so white supremacists to, were in that area. So just to... Uh, Cover this a tad bit because this is yeah. up by your the the up this past was Coeur up north of Coeur yeah. This was a religious, I will say fanatic. I will only say fanatic only because he was he was an anti-government dude, very into the man. He was a vet, and then and I haven't done a suck about him, but I have watched some documentaries. But then also happened to be in his area where he lived way out in the boonies. Yeah, there was an area nations compound. Well, no he longer moved there. Out there. He moved out there from like Wisconsin or something. Right, but he didn't move to the compound. He had his own place. No, no, he moved up. To Ruby Ridge right. with his wife right. and they were going to live off the land and right. then it turns out the only neighbors they had exactly. were white supremacists exactly. Exactly. so he went over there just to speak to other humans yeah. I, I think I mean also I think he probably yeah. wasn't the biggest fan of blacks or Jews right if, if, if you are going for a cookout with the Aryan Nation compound you're probably yeah. not also like when you get home calling Jamal yeah, exactly. To like, hey man, yeah, how you been? How you been, dude? <laughs> I've been invited to a lot of fucking weird shit, but I probably I probably go you to probably, an Aryan compound for a barbecue. Like if they invited me, for I'd the be story, like, yeah, once, for the story, I once. wouldn't go. To, yeah, well, right. twice if the food's good. I'm like, oh guys, when when are we doing this again? Like I don't agree with uh, you know what you yeah. talk about, but man, you're fucking pulled pork, legit, 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 bro. How do you do this brisket? How do you smoke it like that? <laughs> so uh, so. You guys do this great for white guys. So, um, but they, the, then he got hoodwinked by an FBI undercover agent. Right. Who said, can you get me a sawed off shot? Yep. Can you yep. soft it? But which, by the way, I don't understand why the FBI agent, who falls for that? Why wouldn't he be like, why don't you just saw the tip of your own shotgun off? Why do you need me to do it? Right, right. And so he sawed off a shotgun for an yeah. FBI agent. Yeah. And then I believe the government yeah. Fucked that one up. They did. Time. They did. Their reaction was definitely fucked up. Uh, and there was crossover where one of the agents <laughs> that worked on that also worked on Waco. I can't remember which one happened first, but there was crossover between the two as far as the FBI uh, person assigned. I yeah. think Ruby happened first, and that's why they were approach things differently with Waco. I'm pretty sure. Actually, I think, that, I think so. Yeah, I think. I think but, I want to say I got into this because of the the TV the, show Waco, the, right? No, no, no. The te- no, I. I got into Ruby Ridge because of the Timothy McVeigh, the oh, the, you know, the Oklahoma City bombing, Oklahoma yeah, City and bombing. his like weird anti gov But you know, like, but the but the Ruby Ridge thing, it's like, and I look at that too, where it's like, okay, the, the Ruby Ridge people really against how the government did things, and yes, they did fuck up for sure. It's so sad that the wife was killed. I mean, a lot of tra- tragic things happened. The wife was killed. The son, yeah, was the son killed. was killed, and all that. It tr- truly is tragic. However. It's kind of like when there's been some recent like police, when the police have been getting a bad name for like uh, racial violence or something. What always bugs me is when the person who uh, is killed and they shouldn't have been killed, but also was 
doing something illegal and then also was resisting arrest. And then that part of the story gets thrown to the side. Yes. That fucking drives me crazy. I have a real problem with people resisting arrest. But I do understand the panic of handcuffs. Okay. Like okay. I understand the panic right. of Well you talked about that earlier, that's a trigger for you with yeah. like, you know, like being like now you have no control. But 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 it's I just a weird thing that I think I th- but but it is one of the things that you're right. I, I go I go I don't know what it's like. Like Trevor Noah said he had been pulled over like a hundred times. Right, which which is terrible. Yeah. Which is terrible. A little yeah. unbelievable, but terrible. Right. I, I don't right. believe it entirely. Maybe that's an exaggerated figure. I think he right. had to like punch right. it up a tad bit. Right. Only because I'm going to be very honest as the host of the daily show. I can't imagine you drive into work every day. I'm assuming you probably live in the city, but if you live in long Island and you drive in every day, then yeah, that is possible. But if you live in the city, you actually aren't driving cars that often. So to say that you've been pulled over, you know, sure. Part of me is like, and by the way, I'm not, hyperbole. I'm yeah, but, but, and I'm, I like Trevor Noah, right? But I just, I heard that. And neither one of us are discounting that that stuff does happen. It does happen. Right. It's just, yeah, maybe the number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so and so, I can't imagine what it's like to be a black right. man and get pulled yep. over yep, nonstop and just yeah. getting pulled over a lot right. would be frustrating. Right. I mean, like, God damn it, again. Yeah, exactly. But I do hate then in the in instances where it's like nobody is taking the side of the cop at all and looking at like, yeah, but this person probably also hates not knowing if they're gonna get fucking shot every day. Yeah. And this person is dealing with somebody who is resisting and doing things that also can't be fun and that's something they're dealing with all the time. And I just hate how the media skews to one side yeah. and then just pushes that side only. And it's like, and it's like, and then if you don't agree with their angle, then, then you're, you're racist. racist. And it's like, that's fucking not logical. That's like, crazy. Part of me goes, some of these, some of these instances, right? I think, I don't know. I can't say that. I can't say that because I'm not a black man and I've never right. experienced it. And I, by the way, I'm not, I'm just saying I, to be fair in the conversation, yeah. I don't know because I've never been there. Yeah, and me either. But I, yeah. but I, but I always think, um, I deal with cops just only one way. And that is the second they talk, yeah. my hands are up and I'm like, you, whatever you decide how this right. night's going. Yep. If this is, if I'm going to jail, yep. I'm going to jail. I don't have a say in that. Right. I'm not going to convince you otherwise. I got, I got, uh, I pulled into a yeah. handicap spot at Burbank airport. Right. And, a. I was pulling up. I get my parents. They were out there. They were yeah. like standing at the front of the handicap spot. Right. Right by the elevator. I pulled into it, and and my pack car's packed. We're going camping for the week. Cool. Yeah. Or, or like going to San Francisco, and I pull in. Yeah. And the cop pulls in right behind me and hits the lights, and I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah. And I um I'm getting out of the car and he comes out. I think oh I don't think he had a hand on his gun. Right. He said, back in your car. Back in your car. And I went, yes sir. I got back in my car, yep. uh, hands up on the steering wheel. Yep, the way they can see and he him. Was like, he was like, what are you getting out of your car for? I said, I'm picking up my parents. I said, they're right there with their bags. And he goes, what, why are you pulling into the handicap spot like that? And I said, I'm picking up my parents. I said, they're right there, sir. And I was, I'm, I'm like, yeah. and he goes, yeah. he goes, you got out of your car. When you saw me, you got out of your car. Where were you going? What did you throw down? And I said, sir, my, my children are in the car. My wife's in the car. I said, I didn't throw out anything. If you want, you can search the car. I said, whatever you need to do. And he was like, he was like, hold on. And my dad's like, "Uh, officer, um, I'm his father. He's picking us up. We're going to San Francisco or whatever. Sure. And he was, and the cop still had his hand on his gun, not drawn, had his hand on his gun. And he goes, you can't park in a handicap spot. And I said, I'm, I'm, I apologize. You're hundred percent right. And he goes, you, you realize how much the fine is? I said, I don't, 
but whatever it is, I'll pay it. I apologize. Yeah. I broke the law. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And by the way, I also have the luxury of knowing I don't have a history of with right. the cops. Right. I don't have a history of my people getting shot by the right. cops. I know, which, which does change things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But I, I remember my dad got a little upset with me and he was like, why were you so fucking sucking up to the cop? Like I was being a dick and I was like, dad, I don't have an option. Yeah, Whatever that guy gun. decides, he decides how this is going. Yep. yep. And by the way, I got out of it. I didn't give me a ticket for the yeah, thing. Right. He was like, all right. He goes, you just scared the shit out of me when you got out of your car like right, that. Right. And I said, I got out of my car to get my parents. I didn't see yeah. you. I didn't realize what was going on. Yeah. And dude, was, I, dude I, I, I'm the same way, man. I've done ride-alongs with like fans who are cops or like that, and I just like see what their life is kind of like. I've always been fascinated with uh, uh, military and cops. You know, yeah. I think it's I didn't do that stuff when I was younger, and it's like I just think it's a really fucking cool thing to do with your life, you know, and, and uh, be like a hero or whatever. But it's yeah. like, but but I and I've also been arrested. I was arrested like in Santa Monica, DUI, handcuffed, taken to jail, the whole thing. And man, I was so just like even drunk which is not not proud of any of this but very like conscious of like move slowly hands are up say sir please thank you man my manners were on point spoke in a calm voice admitted everything i'm so sorry yep absolutely nope uh totally my fault whatever you need to do yeah and uh that was a little bit of the way uh of the way i was raised my dad was a lawyer oh okay you never lie to the cop you never like. I remember I got pulled over one time on Sunset Boulevard, and yeah. I had, had I had had. Oddly enough, I never drink and drive, but I had had a margarita. Yeah, I'd had a margarita, and um, and I but I wasn't drunk at all. I wasn't right. even drunk remotely. Right. But I had a margarita. Yeah. And we had to leave, and so I, we got in the car. I said, I can actually totally drive. In yeah. normal cases, I would have left my car there and gotten in the next day. But yeah. I was like, I can totally drive. Let's go. And so I got in the car. I did a U-turn on Santa, on Sunset, yeah. and the cop pulled me over. And he said, have you been drinking? I said, I have. And he went, excuse me? I said, I have. I had I had one margarita. And he was like, like almost They're like, not used to hearing he, that. He was like, oh, okay. He said, uh. That's all you had was one. And I was like, yeah, I actually yeah. had one margarita. Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to have to have you do the field sobriety. I went, 100%. I said, if I'm if I'm in no place, to, he goes, is that what you did, flip around like that? And I was like, no, I did it because traffic was a nightmare and I was trying to get around the other side. And I got out, I did the field sobriety, I passed it. He was like, he was like, you're, I guess you're sober. I said, right. I, sir, I'm not lying. I have one more. I'm, yeah. I should have said I had nothing, but I... No, but he, but I, uh, yeah, no, but I think, I think, I think you did say the right thing where yeah. it's like, uh, and it, it is interesting. Like they're so used to people just bullshit. I remember when I, I got, <laughs> I also had to go to court, uh, right after I was out of college for just city theft, malicious mischief, just dumb shit, just weird, like being weird and drunk, yeah. uh, ripping out street signs and literally running down the street, yelling quotes from Braveheart, just fucking yeah. weirdos. And, uh, <laughs> freedom, just yeah. idiots. And they brought me in and the lady was just so shocked. She's like, so here's the charges. I was like, oh yeah, no, I did all that yeah and uh and and she would just show shocked where it was like a big panel of everybody that got asked one after another uh it's been years now but it was like whatever i can't remember if they even said specific crimes maybe they did hey you've been charged with blah 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 how do you plead there was maybe 10 of us and everybody else not guilty not guilty not guilty not guilty i was me oh yeah totally guilty yeah and they were just like same thing just like what but then they let me off really easy i think they were just like so happy that they were finally talking to somebody who wasn't like i'm fucking uh -uh. yeah i didn't do that that wasn't me it's weird and it's it's really and i i I think both of us will admit this it is 
a tad bit disrespectful for us to try to put ourselves in a black man's shoes when we talk about yes, getting pulled over. Yes, We're yes. just telling you about our experiences. Exactly. But um, Yeah, and I do think that's a real problem. I, I have read a lot oh, of stats 100%. on that. Oh, I, my, Total legitimacy to that side of the argument. I just with, and to circle back to like Randy Weaver, yeah. I just wish when these stories get blown up, just and, and that's what I was trying to say, is actually the white dude, Randy Weaver, he also wasn't innocent. It's like, yes, yeah. the FBI should have never raided his compound. He should have went to fucking court for the warrant, which he chose not to do. Yes. He made that choice. Yes. He started the sequence of events. No one but him. He should have gone. That No one in his family would be dead. Right. He is By the, the way, one who started that whole thing. He saw off the shotgun. Yep. He, did, he didn't have to. No one put a gun to his head yeah. to make him do that. So I just get worked up where it's like, yes, the government fucked up in their reaction to what he did, similar to the way uh, a lot of police have fucked up in their reaction to what something happens. Yeah. But that doesn't excuse what the person did it doesn't make them deserve to die that yeah. part's fucked up yeah. but i just wish there was more stories of like someone was walking down the street minding their own goddamn business doing nothing to anybody and then the fucking fbi showed up and fucking oh. killed their whole family it's like you know it's that's like why, that's why i start wondering like about the usefulness of my gun because i go right if cops who are definitely fucking trained Definitely trained. Right. Oh, if they broke into your house, they would fucking annihilate you. Oh, cops? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I go, if cops who are definitely trained with a gun do fuck up and shoot innocent people. Oh, would you fuck up? Like, how often would I shoot my daughter's friend? I like, know. I know. And there's the stats on that where it's like, just because you have it, you, that you then can't be trigger happy and just like go fucking Texas, you know, laws or whatever, where it's like... uh they're guilty just by coming on your property and they get what they get. Maybe that's an outdated law now, but there is certain states who have had laws where it's like, basically when you trespass, whatever you fucking get, you I get. I think I should have, my first bullet should be a blank in my, in my, in my oh. clip. Like I should put a blank in my clip, right? right? Right. So that I shoot my first bullet and it's a blank and then I get to go, okay, thank God I didn't kill that person then. Right. But if I want, because I got my shotgun, I have a buckshot, like a, like a, yeah, 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 yeah. Like in the first, Two, yeah. so I don't really kill somebody. And then you have the slug after that. And then that. I have the, hey, it's time to replace the fucking drywall. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, you know, right. Like that fucking, I have, yeah. I hold. And there's different, six. like the calibers where it's like, you know, you could get like a 22. It's like, you don't have to like go right to like a 45. Oh, it's I want like, a Desert Eagle 50 caliber. I want to fucking set shit straight. Where you really have to hold it with both hands. Where, yeah, you can't shoot it with one hand. Or you'll just like, like cartoonishly, just it'll just <laughs> pop you backwards onto the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great you miss them and then then you're on the floor just yeah. fucking yeah that's why i'd love to live in idaho i'd love to but i'd want to see i'd want to live on a ranch i'd want to live in the middle of fucking nowhere you gotta look up Coeur d'Alene, right it is beautiful really beautiful it's a, it's a resort town oh my god was it full, full of lakes snow, skiing and stuff mm -hmm. skiing and in the summer water skiing all the stuff on the lakes I'm gonna look look, right just now. just google court you'll be amazed how picturesque it is Coeur d'Alene, idaho uh, they're starting to hate Californians because it's like so many people from California have moved there in the last 10 years. It's ridiculous. Myself included now, technically. C-O-R. Uh, C-O-E-U-R. It's like a French word. C-O-E-U-R. And then space and then Delane. D. I see it. Yep. It's like uh, all of the lake. I think. No, heart of the all, I think. is. It's like a... It's a French term. Why did French you pick Coeur d'Alene, Idaho? Well, oh because my, my ex-wife lives in the east, eastern Spokane, where my kids go to school, and it was the closest wow. place to East Spokane that we would enjoy living in. We just this thought it was beautiful. Gorgeous. Dude, I'm telling you, I live not too far from like 
Yeah, that's uh, Tubbs Hill, that big hill right there off downtown. There's a huge resort. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal was uh, there a whole bunch last year. He has like a Wayne Gretzky, Oprah, really? Travolta. A lot of people have like um, homes in the area. Oh, now I'm going to fucking Redfin, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. See how much it costs to buy a house in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Oh, dude, you could get a mansion in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Redfin. What's Redfin? Oh, this is... This is... Oh, it's like a real estate like finder? Or a home finder? Real estate finder. Sorry. Oh, my God. They don't have... Coeur d'Alene isn't in Redfin. What? I've, I don't even know what Redfin is. Is that high-end homes? It's, no, it's just like... Uh, it's like... Uh, like Trulia? Or one of those like kind of apps? It's just... We use it for Valley Village all the time where I live. Um, huh. you, you, it just It's uh, places for sale. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's like Trulia and the apps. Could we use some apps? Because there's a ton of places uh, for sale there. Construct, like construction's in, booming right everything there. Everything in Valley Village in my neighborhood, everything's over a million. Dude, if you got a place for like one, 1. 1.5 million in Coeur d'Alene, Oh my God! There actually is this one section of Coeur d'Alene. I mean, it's too expensive for me, but it's like it's it's these. It's not, like, not not soon. I mean, maybe who knows, man? Will you say? Will you stay if there's um, if things are tracking the way they're tracking right. and things are and and yeah. And by the way, it's this is one of those Chris Hardwick. I always Patrice, Patrice O'Neill was one that gave me that Chris Hardwick speech. I don't know. Right. If we, hopefully, we covered the Chris Hardwick speech in here. Yeah, if, but before we before it, it got yeah, yeah. The, the weird like part. I think we talked about that before the shadow people. I yeah, think. Yeah, and then um, but uh, the. Uh, Patrice was like, you just got to raise your base. Like he's like, when I got my first TV show, he's like, yeah, yeah but your base as a comic is still open micer. Like you might have a TV show, but you're still right. an open micer. Right. He goes, I'm above you base wise. So if they take away that from you, you got to go all the way back down to the bottom. Ah, and so when you do stuff organically, like the way you right. have, where you got a fan base, they're listening to your podcast, they're finding your podcast. People are fucking digging it they're listening every week they want to see you live that's right. organic that doesn't go away right right especially when you've been doing it as long as you have and you go out and you do the work and people are like oh this yeah. guy's a legit comic right people are like <coughs> oh you know i love his bit about pushing black people off <laughs> off cliffs off, off cliffs, off cliffs. And that's so, a signature bit and so um <laughs> but the, it just tracks it just continues to track yeah. upward only yeah. good things are going to happen oh man and i so, hope man Thank so, you. so let's say things track the way you, oh, it does dude this one neighborhood Oh, really? right. it's, it's, I, I, now I gotta remember my wife knows she, I have the worst memory, but it's, it's only about a half mile from where we live, but it's like basically like the initial wealthy people in town bought, like, it's like the best land in the area where you're right on Lake Coeur d'Alene. It's this row of homes that are like these big stately, you know, like LA type, really high end homes, <sighs> but where they all have, uh, there's a little fancy street where basically each lot, big lots, you cross the street and then you also own your own private dock. A lot of people have hot tubs and stuff set up on the lake Really, and you're within walking distance of downtown which actually has a lot of cool little restaurants big resort lots of fun things really? but, but so, you also so you, you stay you're the best of both you'd stay in Coeur d'Alene yeah because of my kids you know yeah. like until they're out of school we would stay in Coeur d'Alene and we really uh, I wish it was more diverse it's, it's it's pretty white but that's starting to shift more diversity is moving into the area which is good um, but it's it's just really pretty it's just like especially in the summer and it's just uh, you're getting yeah, more of Oh, is that Coeur d'Alene? 1.5 right here. Oh, dude, that might be on that street. Get the fucking... Get the, oh, Keller Williams? What is this? How do I get out of this? Oh, they want oh, you to have they, an account. The fuck these people. Let me let me pull it up on my Trulia app while we're talking, and then I'll just give that to you. Um, Oh, man. 
these homes are 1. just point four, and it's Shoreline Lane. I think that's it. I think that's yeah. it. Shoreline oh, that's Lane. Fucking beautiful, dude. There's this huge Tubbs Hill. There's a beautiful, brand new park of like really cool landscape, and they did for like you know dude, for three hundred nine. You can have a fucking legit house. Oh yeah, for sure. That's about how uh, much our house five hundred thousand. This is a fucking. These are all. All these houses are bigger than my house. Oh, for for yeah, five hundred thousand. You would have like new construction, like three to four thousand square feet, custom on a nice piece of land. Like it's it's starting to move up, but it's nowhere near LA prices. It's, oh, look at this! Oh my gosh, that's on the lake. Yeah, this is oh, eleven man. million. Oh, that's oh. There's these weird homes. That might be the one that like the land literally encircles some small lake. So you oh you would have God. Oh my God. a lake to yourself. Look at this place. Look at this place. Yeah, this is eleven just, million. This is. By the way, this is amazing podcasting right here. We're looking at houses. <laughs> just looking at houses. This house is fucking amazing. Google oh, it. It's, oh, it's giant it's home theater. 4736 South Three Mile Point Road wow. in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Area codes 83814. Yep, 11 million. Zip. And it is a legit. Dude, that's 11 million wow. in Coeur d'Alene mm. is. That's 30 million in LA. I mean. LA prices are so I want to buy a new house but yeah. it's like I can't for what our house is worth right. is what we could afford yeah and then you go and, like, and those kind of places can't even exist in LA because there there isn't the land yeah. like, like you would have to like what like Hugh Hefner when he's putting his the Playboy Mansion up for sale the Playboy Mansion actually the adjoining lot was also at one time I think owned but like the only way you could get like three to five acres would be like a very rare sale like that if you wanted to be like in the city because yeah. the way the lots are it's like they're just they're literally just isn't the land we um we were we were toying with the idea of buying our neighbor's house Ooh. and doing because I want a compound. Ooh, yeah, I really want a compound. Like I'm obsessed with compounds. Get a compound, get some sister wives. Oh. Like just, uh, start want, your cult. I wanted I wanted to bomb buy shelter our next house, and it's a three bedroom <laughs> apartment. Who's gonna live in the compound with you? Oh, I'm gonna I'm I'm my wife already was like, uh, you're getting your own room because. I snore so bad. Snore so she bad. can't even stay in bed with me. My wife's starting to get really pissed off about my snoring. Oh, it's, I, and it's something I, I do. I started doing this strip. She she makes me. You get used to it. It's weird to put on your face, but the little breathe right strips. Really, it makes me not snore. Whitney Cummings showed on Instagram. She had these tubes you put up your nose that, that increase sounds, your breathing way. I don't know if I could sleep with this. That. Is just a little thing that sticks on the bridge of your nose. It doesn't feel too bad. Yeah, the the ones that athletes use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like that makes me not snore because she gets. I do it because it's so annoying listening to her the next day be mad about me for how I slept like I fucking can control that. Yeah. It's something I do unconsciously. Right. Right. I'm like, are you fucking kidding then me? Then she'll like, be grumpy the next day. Yeah. We have a weird thing. Our sleeping right now between my snoring and then the dog. She has a love hate. We have the two dogs in bed with us. She loves it. But then, but then she'll complain and like, like, I just, I can't sleep because Ginger and Penny are on my side of the bed <laughs> oh, that's and they're Leanne. laying on my legs. I'm like, what the fuck? I get them off the bed. That's Leanne. That's uh, Priscilla is our bull massive is 140 pounds. Oh, wow. And Priscilla would get in the bed and just get in between us. <laughs> yeah. And whatever side yeah. Priscilla decided to have her paws on, that guy got fucked. <laughs> and Priscilla would always want her paws on Leanne. Like and she just pushing her back. And just, and just put her paws in this like and Leanne got irate and then we had to stop letting Priscilla in the bed and uh, yeah. but now every now and then Isla's just a fucking savage she'll be like it's just such a dick 
my kids are bullies. And so Isla will come in or Georgia will come in. Yeah. And if it's like a Sunday and I'm laying in bed. Right. They'll be like, oh, Priscilla. And they'll put the little footstool for her to get up. I'm like, don't let her in the fucking bed. Right. Now I can't sleep but it, anymore. But it's fun for them. to. And yeah. They yeah. just love it. Oh, yeah. Um, do your, uh, how much time do you, how much time do you split with your wife for the kids? Is it like 50, 50, 50, 50. That's yeah. fucking great. Yeah. 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 And it, and it really is like amicable. I made a whole joke about that word, but like. It is like, yeah. like we get along, like we're, we're very good about like putting the kids first. And so like, you know, I, I never want to make light of divorce with kids. Like it's something you should do, which you, you know, uh, not advocating that at all ever for, for anyone. You know, I get that certain relationships though just don't work for whatever reason, yeah. but I, I am proud of how we've tried to minimize trauma for the kids really, and not, not talk shit about the other parents, That's great. you know, like make sure that access is really good. Make sure that they're able to do like the one school and keep their network of friends and be like very positive about, you know, and, and work together as best we can to have like the same rules in the house and just, yeah, just work together like as a team, like a lot of communication. That's fucking awesome. I don't think if my wife and I got divorced, it would not be good. She would hate you forever. No, I just don't think I'd deal with it well. Well, it would be oh. her wanting a divorce for me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to ever divorce that woman. I'll kill her uh. first. <laughs> I definitely I definitely have joked about that, but I was like, if my wife disappears right. from a jog, first you're of the, all- You're the prime suspect? I'm going to look so guilty, and I'm going to act so guilty that, like, if she really does get kidnapped from a jog- You'll, you'll go to jail like, for it. You'll I'll go be, to jail. I'll be at the podium, like, <laughs> I really hope she comes back. I didn't do it. I swear to God, I didn't do it. Like, but- um. But yeah, she she would divorce me. I could see that. I could tell. I'm a I'm a nightmare. We were talking about we were talking about jokingly about me dying, and so I said something. I said I said you know my biggest fear is that you right. you'll die, and, and that's not her biggest fear is not that you'll die. And then she goes she goes oh <laughs> yeah she goes yeah I, that would be a pro- I, that bothers me when I think about that, and I go. What you, you're not going to flip that back on me? And she goes, no, when you die. Oh, no. And I'm like, so you already know that you'll be alive when I die? She goes, oh, yeah. And I go, oh, that's not cool. And she goes, right. no. I said, wait, have you thought about this a lot? And she goes, a little bit. And I was like, where are you going to, are you going to leave Valley Village? She goes, no, me and the girls are going to stay here. <laughs> and I was like. Like she has a whole plan. She's like, yeah. And she goes, I got to be honest with you. I think there will be. Oh, my be God. Really sad. But there will definitely be a time where I'm like. <sighs> And like I was like, are you serious? And she's like, she like, no, I love you, but you are such a difficult person to live with, like so difficult that like you know there will be a time where I'm like, you know what? Right now I get right, to do me, right, and I'm right. like, are you serious? Because she, we talked about this in the yeah. car off podcasting, but uh, she <coughs> runs my life. Right, right, right. I, I don't do that for a human being. Like I can't imagine running oh, someone's oh. life. My wife does that for our family too. She organizes. She, makes makes she makes the divorce work yeah. because of the kids schedules are your is your wife friends with your ex-wife uh she works with her yeah, yeah. they're very they're friendly you yeah. know the kind of thing and, and like but she makes my life work she i don't even i've gotten so childlike in that way where i just text her when someone's like hey man where you, uh can you do this thing and i'm like hold on let me ask my wife not in like a permission way but i'm like even even my agent now agent manager they talk to her more oh, than me my, because yep. they know that i am a fucking moron who doesn't know things basic people should know about their lives yeah because we've just set up our lives lately where it's like i just get to focus on my silly shit and work on jokes and work on stories yeah and that's it my wife said it is best when like the, the 
she's like, it's best when we just let dad do dad. She's <laughs> like, don't ask for, there's parts right. of dad where you're not going to, like, because the girls go, it's not fair. Like, right. how come dad doesn't have chores? And it was a big fight we got into. Right. Because they wanted me to have chores because they got chores. I said, yeah, my chore is going out on the fucking road. Exactly. And then I was like, I'm not doing chores. And right. my wife's like, you should do chores. And then I, I got to a place my wife my wife's like I was like listen don't get pissed because I fucking set my life up perfectly I've, I fucking won all I have to do is think of goofy fucking things all day long all day yeah, long yeah. it's my favorite thing I didn't even realize that until one day I called Stan Hope and yeah. it's like it's fucking like middle of the day and yeah. I just call him up and I go what are you doing he's like uh trying to think of goofs <laughs> trying to think of goofs and I was like what and he was I was uh, trying to think of goofs he goes I, I want to do uh, goofs. what was he saying I want to do knock knock jokes but i want to like he was trying to break sure. down knock knock jokes yeah and i and he was telling me the idea and i was like wow and then i was like you're 50 and you're just sitting here trying to dis yep. to, like break down knock knock jokes he beautiful goes, he goes yep i picked this life and i was like you did and he was like i'm gonna make myself a cocktail i was like yeah, because no one gets to tell you what to do. Right. I was like, I fucking, that's what I love about this job. Yeah. And my yeah. wife had said to the girls, no one tells dad what to do, and that includes us. Like, <laughs> we don't get to tell dad. Right. Like, we can make sure that he knows what is right and wrong, but you can't just tell dad he's doing chores. Right. That's not dad. But she, I think she looks at that sometimes, my wife, and goes, yeah. I understand. This is fucking exhausting to me. Right. And so... Like the fucking screenplay th or that we were I just telling yeah. you about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the idea that, yep, that she, she has to thinks set that up in her head, okay, if I want the house in Big Bear, he needs to do a fucking sitcom. Right. If he's going to do a sitcom, he's not going to do it on his own. Right. So, so let me I just have do to, this. Yeah. Let me just put myself on the best But it's thing a win-win where it's like, you know, <laughs> she gets an amazing, you know, life and stuff from it, yeah. but I get both sides. I get it's like- It's win-win. Yeah. But you know, the best thing I ever did, she started a podcast and it's yeah. made her life exponentially happy. She oh, is cool. so to, to have her outlet it, to have her creative outlet. Yeah. And she is very possessive of it. That's like, awesome. Like I, cause I go back in my head. I'm like, I'm a fucking star. I'll just hop on your podcast and right. I walk in and She's she'll like, be uh, like, get the fuck out. Yeah. And I'm like, it's my time. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? Get the fuck out. Like, yeah. 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 She's, uh, she's so fucking happy. Oh, that's awesome, man. But she's the happiest she's ever been. She did beach body. Yeah. Lost like 16 pounds. Wow. Looks amazing. Like for the first time in a while since she's had babies, yeah. like I hug her and she feels like super, super tiny. And wow. Like, like usually, you know, you hug your wife. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. You hug. And then you go on the road and you like hug some random chick, like an 18 year old. You're like, Whoa, I forgot what that felt like. And then I hugged my wife the other day and I was like, Oh, you feel like an 18 year old. I was like, Oh <laughs> fuck. Not 18 is creepy. I understand that now you can't 16. say that. Yeah. 16 year old. But, um, but yeah, I feel like how much time have we done? I have no we've idea. Done, we've done a solid two and a half hours. We should, uh, are you hungry? Oh yeah, man. Let's go get something to eat down cool. the street. I'll call my other comic, Dave. And see if he wants to go. I'd love to introduce you to him. Cool. The guy we're working with this week is um, sober. Right. But he was in a, a, a biker's gang Holy shit. for a while. He's got some he's stories. The, he's the, neat, the nicest kid in the world, by the yeah. way. But he's got VF tattooed on his face because the name of his biker's gang was wow. uh, the Violence Family. Holy shit. And he was like... That sounds hardcore. Yeah, and he was like... Oh yeah, I done. I've done some really stuff. I'm not proud of. You think like murder? Oh, his name. His name. Oh, hang on. He's his name's Richard Ramirez. No, he just he just texted me. That's so odd. Uh, so you'll you'll meet him. I cool, think. cool man. We'll see if, <coughs> where they're at. 
And then the guy I'm working with, Dave Williamson's, he's a great comic. Hey, buddy. Hey, where are you at? We're at this place called Legends Sports Bar. It's like a mile from the hotel. Okay. Um, I think uh, are you, Dan Dan Cummins and I are going to come over and meet you there. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. No sweat. Do they have food? Uh, they have great, great food. Okay. All right. Cool. We'll be there in a little bit. Cool, man. All right. Uh, are you guys walking or driving? We're driving. Why? You walk? Okay, cool. No, it's just there's this one park that you have to walk through. I'll tell you when you get here. No, we've been to that park. <laughs> we actually, oh, okay. what, you want to talk about closure? We started the podcast in that park. <laughs> it was a little stabby. Oh, a little stabby. I can't believe that you walked through that park. All right, we'll be there in a little bit. Bye. Can I tell you, as a listener, yeah. I hope there's someone who's like 22 years old who's like, I kind of want to get into stand-up. Right. And I hope that they just heard that and they thought, oh my God, how much fun would it must it be to be a comic? Right. To be, first of all, funny as fuck. <laughs> to be hanging out with the funniest fucking people in the world and to just go, I'm going to go to a sports bar and watch eat fucking lunch and we'll make we'll be talking about this homeless park. Yeah. It's the, yeah. My favorite thing about this job is... Being able to listen to your podcast on the plane and then reach out to you and get to do a podcast with you. That's my favorite part of this podcast. Right. Just be able to like reach out to whoever you want to want to talk to and and have it happen. Yeah. Like, uh, like listening to Rogan's podcast and then going, Hey man, uh, like this is one of the coolest things ever. I'm putting out like, I watched this podcast he did with Rhonda, Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Okay. About, uh, uh, infrared therapy, heat therapy. And then she's texting me because I had some questions online. She's like, if you have any questions, hit me up. Here's what I think. This is what. And I'm like, that's the greatest part of this fucking. Yeah, it is a great fucking life. It's a great job. And and thank you, man, for having me on this, man. This is, this is awesome. You got it. it. I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you what I, I'm, this is from my side perspective and I, I don't do this in my own job, but man, you should definitely do a podcast tour where you go through each of your best time sucks. Yeah. And you do the stand up based on time suck and be like and and put out a tour right out, try it with one show try right it with one night taking the best bits from the the just take your say ladies and gentlemen i'm doing a time suck show on this show i will be calling vlad the impaler uh ruby or whatever like uh, oh David like Koresh, a live like a, and, yeah and, the and highlights just, and just doing highlights and then yeah. you go up and you do material based on the episodes oh that they just listened to yeah yeah and then and be like that would be a great way not only to develop material yeah but sell tickets in the same market I, within i am starting to do live time sucks during the day and what i do <laughs> is i'm just doing like whatever podcast is that gonna be that monday i do the live version which is a slightly altered version catered yeah. to live crowd a little more i'm trying to set it up or like uh, like in Spokane, it's the Spokane Comedy Club. I'll be doing the Green River Killer on Sunday night, and then you'll get the studio version of that episode on Monday. So you get the crisp version, but if you want to hear the live version, where oh, I so interact, you do the live version? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great! And then I'll release the live version on like for like the premium subscribe, whatever like that, so they can pick if they want to listen to live or because the live will be a little different format than like the the regular Suck Dungeon recorded one. So real quick, just to cover yeah. this again, the the top three episodes you'd send people to. Vlad the Impaler. Vlad the Impaler, uh, Scientology. No, Vlad the Impaler, David Koresh, Waco Compounds, and yeah. Salem Witch Trials. All right. Those are the three you should check out. I think so. Subscribe to the podcast. It's called Time Suck. Um, find them on the road. You're doing a big tour right now, right? Yeah. I just wound off a bunch of dates, but I do have San Francisco Punchline coming up next week, the Spokane Live podcast, Sacramento Punchline, and then this summer I'll be... 
Tampa, Orlando, Arlington, just all over the place. That's yeah. great, man. I'm yeah. so happy for your success. Oh, thanks, bro, man. I really <laughs> Thank you so much, man. There's a lot of guys that are as well. Like, there's oh, that's it's nice fun to hear. seeing good guys succeed and succeed on their own terms. Oh, thank you, man. I'm, you know? I feel beyond lucky to have this be able to start working out. Fuck yeah. Well, let's go, uh, let's go get something to eat. Cool. Awesome. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.